Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. is the main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the veteran of that great American-Canada war. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure-hunting warrior. He is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the primetime Elix Skipper to my fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? Yeah, I miss Skipper. He was great. And wasn't he like honorary Canadian? Speaking of Canada, in uh, WCW? yeah, and Mike, and Mike Awesome and Major Guns, only anyone Canadian. Yeah, uh, and lest we forget, uh, Jim Duggan was in Team Canada there for a while too. Whoa. It's like he's gonna turn <laughs> America, bro. Yeah, because we all know that the worst thing you can do in America is side with Canada, bro. Ugh, gross. <laughs> yeah, I garnered as much heat as Sergeant Slaughter in Iraq, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> Why is it that, like, you notice that's, that seems to be a Russo thing? WWF, during the Attitude Era, WCW, and then TNA. It was all Russo. Like, what did he have against Canada, man? It was always U.S. versus Canada. He's from New York, and they just seem to hate everything that's not New York, so. Yeah. Bro, you're from and the please South? Don't, that's... Please don't hate on me for saying that. Anybody from New York. Oh, well, I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's like, bro, you're from the South? That's a different part of the country for me, bro. Gross. I don't know why I've morphed more into uh, Mark Wahlberg there at the end, but whatever. <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. Uh, oh, yeah, you went from New York to Boston. Yeah, I'm sure they get along well. Oh, yeah, right. Now, speaking <laughs> of uh, New Yorkers hating things. Uh, well, anyway, get into uh, getting into uh, this show here. Uh, we're talking about TNA Lockdown 2005. I will say this. like, I went back. We've, we've watched quite a few classic TNA shows. I've just kind of like, eh, whatever. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, watch I, TNA all the time. Good God. Uh, but I'm, I'm just kind of like. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It's you know, it's it, it's good, it's bad, you know, it's, it's whatever. But this, <laughs> this one, I, oh, I, I don't know, I don't know why. Um, <clears throat> this one specifically, I just I got all the feels, man. I, I felt like I was 15 years old again, sitting here watching, or 14, sitting here watching this and getting into TNA. Like, we're oh I, yeah, I, good God, uh, I felt like I was. Like back in that time, back in 04, watching this live, getting it all coming. I don't know why. I don't know why this event specifically. Because it was uh, one of the early great events. 
Yeah, that's that's a very very good possibility. Uh, do you remember that? Do you remember that episode of Friends when Ross is sitting there watching the dinosaur documentary and he's crying? What happened, you guys? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> that's, that's me watching this compared to what it was to Impact doing nowadays. Like, what happened, Impact? Damn, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, it used to be yeah. like good. Yeah. What happened? Now they've got. I, I, Damn. I, I messaged you about this the other night, and we kind of got s- sidetracked into another conversation from there. Uh, so I didn't. No, that never happened to us. Yeah, right. But I, n- I never got to finish this thought with you. I watched one of the worst segments in the history of Impact Wrestling ever the other day. The so, Fish Market Brawl? Uh, worse than that. Like, more and much more. Actually, yeah, you never completed that now that I think about it. Yeah, what, what the hell are we talking about? So, as most people know at this point, it looks like Ty of Valkyrie. I meant to follow up on that. I just didn't. Right. It looks like Ty of Valkyrie is gone forever, bro. From Impact, you know, until she loses this job too, and she's gone to AEW for now, and so that means that their group, the Death Dolls, it's like her, Rosemary, and uh, uh, Jessica. Uh, used to be Jessica Havoc or Havoc or whatever the hell you want to call her. But anyway, they're they're a, yeah, a they- some Wow, they're uh, they're a, a, a trios group uh, for anybody who doesn't know. Oh, you said threesome. Go with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get yeah, that. That sounds that sounds better. But oh, they're yeah. all arguing. <laughs> they're all arguing in the back. This is the, the crux back. of. This is the crux of the argument. Uh, Jessica is like, we need to. I know why we can't beat whatever freaking team they're facing. I don't know the Dollhouse or whatever the hell. I or not the Dollhouse. What the heck? I I don't know. I, I haven't watched it forever, so don't don't be asking me. No idea. Yeah. Uh, anybody else would know. They're they're facing some other uh, tree. Oh, uh, the Coven. That's it. They're facing the Coven and the oh, uh, just. Right, it's Taylor Wilde who is like, I guess, a witch now, whatever. And Taylor other... Wilde, she's there back. She's back again. Oh yeah, she's been there for a little while. <laughs> Went through a whole gimmick change, bro. <laughs> uh, and then there was That's another blonde girl, right? Yes. Oh man, don't even get me started on her. Anyway, uh, but uh, there's there's another couple females in the group I, who I, you know whose names escape me at this point. But Jessica's Last whole one. thing is she's like, we keep losing because we're not allowed to use Rosemary's magic. And Taya's like, I, we all agreed we can't use magic. And Jessica's like, no, you agreed we can't use magic. I never agreed to that. And she's like, and they get in this big argument over using oh, magic. Shit. Yes. And oh, man. Jessica eventually <laughs> yeah. decides, I'm going to track down the coven myself and beat them up right now. So she starts stomping through the back while they're playing dramatic music and they've got weird lighting. And then just yelling into empty hallways, where are you, coven? You know, like you do. And then she finds a casket and she does what all people would do in that situation and opens the casket and she gets shocked. And just as she gets shocked by whatever she sees that we cannot see, uh, Taya grabs her. It's like, hey, don't do that. And for some reason, turns her around so that she now has her back to the casket and they get into this argument and they make up. Oh, I'm sorry. We, you know, we shouldn't fight, blah, blah, blah. And then Taylor Wilde's arm reaches out of the casket and pulls Taya in. Jessica screams and like you do, runs away. And that is the end of Taya Valkyrie in, t- in Impact Wrestling, I guess. Good this lord. Happened. Actually, I probably shouldn't be saying lord in this one, but man. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. This, uh, yeah I'm watching more of this show. Yeah. Dude, not even, from... not even AEW, dude. Think about that. Think about that. Dude, this is some GCW level crap. <sighs> anyway. 
But yeah, that's where there have been times where I found myself enjoying AEW. I cannot say that ever about anything GCW or Impact nowadays. No. (laughs) And was it that video you sent me last night? Was that at GCW? I don't know. I thought you knew it was because you just flat out said that. So I just it looked like it. it. I just took your word for it, honestly. Or not your word, just the comment. (laughs) Right. I I, I could be wrong. Yeah, well, I could be wrong, but this obviously this is airing after WrestleMania week and whatever. But there was a an indie show looked like GCW, but I could be wrong. Where it was the Jericho Appreciation Society versus guys, and <laughs> they were literally doing a slow motion match. The entire match was in slow motion, like, and the video wasn't slowed down. No, they it wasn't. Were, you could see the fans moving and cheering stuff. The fans were ch- making noise in slow motion. Yeah, and for like, those who don't know, they were. If you if you ever watched um, AEW when they, they do those that noise with Orange Cassidy does his play kicks like whoa whoa yeah. whoa <laughs> they were doing that <laughs> yep uh, and I died a little inside uh well this I is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time by the way yep oh well and DDP just the other day said that uh, to him Jericho is the greatest of all time nobody compares right um sure like, greatest what of all time. He's good. Don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't even put him in my top five, top ten, sure. And Better admit, than Kurt Angle and Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, uh, the Undertaker. Teddy Guerrero. Undertaker. Uh, I, uh, taking, taking skill out of it, uh, better than Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, The Rock. Like, <laughs> what are what are you referring to here? Because no, on all fronts, no. But anyway, uh, getting into this, this is an actual good show that we're going to talk about. Eh, I guess that's subject- subjective. I, I, I would borderline say it's great. But. It, it really is. Um, it's it's one of the better ones. That's for darn sure. And we'll get into all of that. Uh, but first, we do have to tell you about the new sponsor of, of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf Signature Polos. Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Muller Bros doesn't just have polos, by the way. They have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that barbecue that your family invited you to, or even that get-together with your friends. Maybe a night out on the town if you want to have fun while looking good and also impressing the local ladies. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf look good, feel good. Feel good, play good. And now we're going to get into our first break. Uh, in this break, by the way, don't skip ahead because we're going to uh, not only tell you about some awesome merchandise that you can buy from us, which uh, why wouldn't you want to buy our merchandise? It's, it's good stuff, man. Good crap, pal. But 
on top of all that, uh, we uh, endorse some awesome podcasts that, uh, you know, there, there are yeah, friends. Go, they can be your go friends. down the, go down the puckberg, jerk the curtain, take the apron pump. Exactly. And hang out with the Brocast, and, uh, you know, uh, fulfill your TSS fantasy, uh, where, uh, no credentials are required. I don't even know what that means, but it just sounded so kinky. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I think I hit all of our promos with that one. And, uh, also, uh, to anybody out there, uh, check out, uh, we don't, we don't have a promo for them yet again, but, uh, wrestling addicts. Wrestling addicts is they're 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 good people, so uh, so go check them out. They they also do they're on uh, scoreboard addicts if you want more of like uh, quote unquote real sports talk. So go check that out and uh, yeah, get all your bases covered. So we'll uh, we'll talk more about TNA. Get your bases and... covered like you're in prison. Go. <laughs> wow, uh, we will be right back after this break with the news and notes from this time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime... Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. The main event marks is sponsored by Shock Energy. Shock Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon 
You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code main event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code main event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the main event, Marks, and so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-Cups, and for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code main event, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code main event to save 5% at checkout. Time to get into the news and notes, which means that is correct. <laughs> Shut the f up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> let, me, let me add one. Oh, yeah. Crack it. Four o'clock somewhere. <laughs> uh, not in Narnia. Well, actually, it's not even late enough to be four o'clock here. So what time is it right now? It's 10 06. Well, it's the early recording, I think. Well, it is 107. I will send you a picture of my box. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Uh, news and notes here. We all know you don't, you know, you're into some weird stuff. I heard about you and Napier Bumps thighs. Good God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, saw yeah. that on Twitter. I'm like, oh, I got to do it. <laughs> it was too easy. <laughs> I did ask because uh, he, he, he left himself open to anonymous questions. So, uh, you know, somebody asked uh, how big is Batista's, you know. So I said, uh, I, I changed up a little bit. I said, how large is Batista's original Vell Johnson? Good Lord. And he just, he just said, yes. You could have just said Carl Winslow. Uh, that doesn't have the word Johnson in it. So, I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to think of something with Johnson in it, but either way. Uh, let's start off with TNA and get into the... Uh, Small forward, let's go. On uh, Wednesday morning, TNA learned that Kevin Nash will be unable to compete at the lockdown pay-per-view. Tell Stop me, me one. if you've heard this one before. Yeah, right. Uh, this could be any time. Uh, Sorry, wait, wait a second. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead. It's about to happen again at Bound for Glory, now in the archives, I believe, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's about to happen uh, later this year. And he's replaced with Rhino. But anyway. Look, uh, and I, I love Rhino, but no. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but this is due to a knee injury as a result of a staph infection the superstar recently suffered. Nash has been preparing in recent days for the event, but the injury has not healed to the extent to allow him to compete. Director of Authority Dusty Rhodes will name a substitute to take Nash's place in the lethal lockdown match during the pay-per-view. First of all, you could see who the replacement was going to be from a mile away. I don't want to be one of those guys, but I think I called this before it even happened, before we even had an inkling. Yeah, I mean, if you know who's on Team Jarrett, you knew who was going to replace Nash. I mean, it was just kind of obvious. Uh, And it was, and look, I love the guy, but he's not Kevin Nash. (laughs) Probably he's a better wrestler, probably, than Kevin Nash, but uh, star power-wise, not so much. Well, Nash didn't draw a lot, dude. Oh, well, yeah, well, well, you're the lowest drawing champion. Whatever. Well, Drew McIntyre says hello. Oh, my God. You're just going to hold on to that. It's true, isn't it? Am I wrong? 
How many people uh, were in that building when Drew McIntyre was in his heyday as the champion? How many people were in the building? Fans. Good God. <laughs> but yeah, so the the Nash thing. It's not a shot, just, by the way. I love Drew McIntyre. So I should make that clear. Not a shot. You ever, you ever see that? Um, you ever see that meme where these two guys are like, uh, "What year is this?" Or, or they say something about, "Oh, we traveled through time." Or, what year is it? They're like, "Ask that guy over there a question," and he yells something. And the guy uh, answers back, and the other one's like, "It could be any time." <laughs> like uh, this, that—that's the Nash thing. Like it could be like, "Sir, uh, what uh, what just happened at the, at the most recent wrestling pay per view?" Uh, Kevin Nash had to pull out due to a knee injury. It could honestly be any time. <laughs> oh man, I, I think I did that. Uh, I think I did that meme for uh, Jeff Hardy just got arrested for DUI. Well, it could honestly be any time. There needs to be a Twitter account for uh, did Nash pull out of a match today, like Teddy Hart in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and you and I were talking about it. It's like, why wasn't there one of those for? Uh, oh, what's um? Why wasn't one of uh, one of why didn't one of those exist for Jeff Hardy? Was Jeff Hardy in jail today? No. <laughs> uh, newsflash. Yes. Anyway, Kid Cash has been released from his contract with TNA effective immediately. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he was going to chop his hair off. Uh, beef up a little bit and go be a uh, a pit bull. Well, not at first, but uh, he'd eventually become a pit bull. Well, the I guy stayed employed, so you got to give him that. All jokes aside, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I think I heard something about like he had like some issues, be it behavioral or whatever else. So maybe that's why. I don't understand why he didn't have a longer tenure in like a place like WWE. He was really damn good, and I think the fans liked him. Why don't you so. just answer your own question? Yeah, so I I don't know, and I, this might be a hot take. I don't know. I liked that Pitbulls tag team that he had with uh, Jamie Noble. Hear that, folks? We found the Pitbulls fan. <laughs> I just thought it was a cool combo. I don't know about the gimmick, but uh, the combo was like they were a good tag team. Jamie Noble, I thought, was always really underrated, uh, and Kid Cash was was really good ever since ECW. So. Uh, television insiders say that Spike TV has lost interest in TNA already. To which I say, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, the reason isn't known, but Spike officials are really excited about the buzz going around the ultimate fighter and two more seasons have been ordered. This leaves WGN as TNA's only option for a primetime spot. Uh, yeah, TNA officials... WGN was like FX, man. They were always just brought up like, as a viable option for a wrestling company. You know what yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard that a couple of times. It's like, oh, why not go there? It's like, um, why go there? That's more of the question, but, you know, whatever. Like Vincent uh, T- Sid. How about Sid? Yeah, right. How about WGN? T- uh, TNA officials are trying to get Fox Sports Net to give them a better deal, but FSN is not budging. Uh, yeah, they didn't. I mean, like... Oh, I don't think FS- FSN's even in business now, and Impact still is. What does that tell you? <laughs> right. Uh, well, didn't FSN just, like, change their name or something? I think they're Fox Sports 1 now, so... Yeah, that's what I thought. I think, yeah. That's what they... Because I remember... Well, and, and it's funny, TNA's now Impact, so they will technically still exist. Yeah. Because I remember uh, FSN, Fox Sports 1, whatever you want to call it, they always had, like, uh, local versions, like FSN Cleveland and whatever. Like, yeah. they had one that they would show all the all the Indians games back in the yeah, day. Yeah, we have FS1 Bay Area, I believe. Yeah, so it's kind of... Kind of like that, but they all showed TNA as far as I knew. Uh, I lived in, yeah, Dayton when they were on FSN, and I was able to see them there. Was it on at 3 p.m. by any chance? That, I can't, uh, I know. That's what time on, it was here. 
now that you mention it, it was on in the afternoon. I can't tell you the exact time, but I remember it was the afternoon because it was like after I got home from school, I'd sit and watch it. Uh, actually, that makes me feel old. I wasn't. I was picking up my brother and sister from school to come home to watch it. <laughs> okay, come to think of it, when I started watching them, I lived uh, bet- between like, if you think of where Cleveland is and where the Pennsylvania border is, I lived in a town somewhere between there, and that's when I started watching it. And, and FSN Cleveland did carry it too. So, uh, and then I was still able to watch it when I moved to yeah Dayton. But there you go. Uh, stick with the TV stuff, though. WWE has says that it has signed a three-year deal to broadcast its wrestling events on NBC Universal's television networks. Starting in October, WWE's weekly shows will broadcast on NBC Universal properties, including Monday Night Raw, which will be seen on the USA Network, as well as other shows aired on Telemundo and NBC. The agreement reestablishes WWE's relationship with USA Network which uh, started in 1993 and ended in 2000 when Monday Night Raw moved to Viacom Inc.'s Spike TV. Fast uh, forward to now, I think they've now... Let's see, what's, what's been 18 years? What was the first one? How long was the first run? Uh, this was in 05. They were going to start, yeah, October of No, 05. no, their first run in, in USA. When did it start? Uh, 93 to 2000. So seven so, years. Well, so this one's already far surpassed. Yeah. So the reason they left to begin with was because... They were, like, the hottest show on USA, but for some reason, USA didn't want to put any money into, like, advertising them. They kept preempting them for tennis or that stupid dog show, and it was just pissing Vince off. He felt like, well, I'm one of your hottest properties, if not your hottest property. And ironically, they would promote the hell out of that dog show and tennis on Raw. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, so Vince felt crapped on, which I don't totally blame him. Yeah, so. Yeah. Like, when you're bringing in all those viewers and all that money, and then they're like, ah, we're going to preempt you for stuff that doesn't matter. Also, we're not really going to put much into advertising you. Like, well, what the hell? Come, And what did he do to have the stroke to make them advertise him and Paul E. couldn't for ECW? Yeah, right. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I guess they just, like I said, they felt undervalued, so they left and went to, uh, went to well, at the time it was TNN, and then it became Spike. Uh, no, it was the new TNN. Oh, well, excuse the F out of me. Yeah, I, remember, I was like, what the... Dude, I will tell you this. Until Raw moved to TNN, I had no idea what the hell that channel even was. Like, uh, it was I the National Network. It just showed all the white shows. Yeah, right. Which is, I mean, I'm white, but I'm not that kind of white. So I had never <laughs> heard of it. But and, kind of white. <laughs> right. So I, I was like, okay, what the hell is TNN? And my dad had to, like... Oh, you're like, oh, let's, I, I'm pretty sure we get it. And we're, like, looking through the channel guide. Uh yeah, did you ever watch? Uh, you ever watch that show Rules of Engagement? With David Spade. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. Timmy? Like, yes. He would make fun of him and, and say stuff like, "Oh, he's like dressing up with a headdress, sleeping in a teepee." He goes, "Not that kind of Indian, sir." Yeah. <laughs> Not that kind of white. And then uh, I remember uh, he kept he kept having to tell Russell, "He's like, I'm South African." South freaking African. <laughs> yeah, I remember that when he made some joke about like being British or something like that. He's like, "I'm South freaking African." <laughs> And then oh, Jeff's man. like, what's your deal? He goes, what do you mean? Goes, well, you look one way, you sound another. What's your deal? <laughs> Holy crap. How's <laughs> this getting across on TV? <laughs> well, it's like that King of the Hill episode when he asks his, uh, when, oh, when God, he casts yes. his neighbor. He's like, so are you Chinese or Japanese? And he's like, I'm Laos. And he's like, huh? He's like, I'm it's a Laos. country. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going on this whole, this whole thing about explaining what Laos is. <laughs> and there's this pause. He's like, so are you Chinese or Japanese? <laughs> 
can. The things you can't get away with on TV nowadays. Good lord. Oh, I know. Oh, you, well, you can't be funny anymore, Greg. That's a that's a cardinal sin. Unless you're South Park. Oh yeah, they well they you know the billionaires who give zero f's. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's the beauty of it, Greg. Is you you just have to give zero f's, which it I I will tell everybody out there is possible. You can do it. But anyway, you know George Carlin. Yeah, the original no f's. And uh, ironically, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm blanking on the other one. Uh, the uh, Richard Pryor. Oh uh, yeah, he was, he, was, he was another one. But on that note, though, there is talk that WWE Raw may be switching networks in Canada because the new Monday Night Football deal, which is moved to ESPN starting next year, uh, with the new deal, TSN may be choosing to air Monday Night Football instead of WWE Raw because the of the higher ratings it would receive. Well, how many also, games do the Bills really play on Monday night? Yeah, my. Uh, I'll get to the end of this, and then I, I'll, I'll get my comments. But, uh, but. Basically, because of the higher ratings it would receive, and also the deal that TSN has with ESPN to air their programming, the score could be a a possibility of a new network for WWE to air Raw on Mondays. So, first of all, this is for all my Canadian listeners. I have no idea any of this stuff. I've heard of TSN, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the hell any of this I stuff is. I think the score would be like Fox Sports 1 for them. Got it. Okay. The other sports channel. Whereas <laughs> right. uh, TSN is the, it's like ESPN. Gotcha. I think. Don't hold me to that, though. I'm pretty sure it is, especially if they're airing ESPN content on their network, I, I would assume. But my thing is, like, does Canada really, like, seriously, Canada, the whole country of Canada, that doesn't have a single football team? Uh, kind of have NFL, the Bills. Kind of. But, like, the whole country is going to get behind the Bills? Like, come on. Like, how many of them actually care about American football? About what as many they, uh, Americans that care about hockey? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what, that's, just, what's, that's just me and, and Shaggy Von Doom. We're the only ones in America that care about hockey, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, funny, the funny thing about that, you know, thinking, um, uh, you know, thinking about that equivalent, it's like, it kind of shows the, I don't know, the, inferi- the uh, superiority complex or whatever. Because, like, Canadians will watch the NFL. Like, I can count on one hand how many Americans watch the CFL. Like, nobody yeah, gives right. a damn about Canadian football here in America. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't watch XFL either, so I only watch the NFL. So it's not a knock on Canada or the USFL. Nor, nor am I going to watch the USFL. So. Yeah, right. Uh, well, I will say in the defense of the people that don't watch the CFL, most of the time, if you can't make it in the NFL, then you go to the CFL. It's like the flunky league. I think uh, oh, what's his name came from the CFL. Um, Kurt Warner, right? I, yeah, I think he did. Doug Flutie, uh, if anybody remembers him. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> God, Doug Flutie made a name for himself, and he won a, a couple of Grey Cups, I believe, up in uh, for the CFL. And then he then he came down here. But <laughs> that's that's another thing. Down where? You're, well, you know, to America, not America's hat. And you missed yeah. that one. Okay. Go on. Yeah, but yeah, Doug. That, that, that's that's another thing. Their their championship is called the Grey Cup. Like that that just screams bland. Grey is literally the most bland color you can get. It's like lack thereof color. <laughs> There's a reason we call it the gray area. <laughs> yeah. Because right. it's like in the middle of everything. <laughs> yep. Uh, this one was an interesting story involving Hogan. Uh, so J.J. Dillon and Kevin Sullivan, hell of a team, were rumored to have pitched a new proposal for a wrestling project at Spike TV's offices last week. Pause right there. Why is everybody just like running to Spike TV now? Like 2005. Because like, you know, that old commercial, give it to Mikey, Mikey, anything. Yeah. Go to CNN. Go to, go to uh, 
It's fake. They'll air anything. <laughs> yeah, because freaking uh, uh, like UFC goes there because that's like the best place they could have landed. Uh, WWE was there for a bit. Uh, like we mentioned, ECW was there before WWE, and ECW now started, uh, if you think about it. Yeah, and now like eventually TNA would land there, and and here they're trying to pitch another freaking wrestling organization. They're like a startup. Whatever, but JJ Dillon what? and Kevin Sullivan, man. <laughs> just like, what? Let's dissect that for a second. A Kevin Sullivan run wrestling company? Good lord. No, thank you. Brother, and what? it's going to be a lot of blood and nobody gets a clean finish. <laughs> and what company in the right mind, what CEO, I should say, president, whatever, would pick up a startup wrestling company? Yeah. Uh, when you have a quote unquote established one not doing that well. Yeah, right. Maybe I'm stupid. I don't know anything. I don't know. But. Well, you're looking here at like J.J. Dillon and Kevin Sullivan as a team. It just seems so weird. I mean, I guess they're uh, they both got roots. If you look hard enough, but it makes a little sense. But yeah, a bit. I, I could see it, but I don't know. But either way, sources close to the situation indicate that Hulk Hogan's name was being used during the meeting, and that he <laughs> will, and that he would be available for them to use. Hogan got word of the situation and said was said to be very upset since he's back with WWE for the moment. Uh yeah. I mean, uh, it's like, hey, uh, we got Hulk Hogan. Uh, do you though? To which oh. you know, to which I say, <laughs> me, right? <laughs> yeah, but anyway. wasn't Kevin Sullivan the, the lead guy in WCW when they ended? Uh, I think they, yeah, I think they passed it off to him after Russo left, and he was just kind of like, I don't know what the hell he was doing, man, because it was like Russo was still booking the damn thing. Like, Kevin Sullivan had some good ideas in the past, but, like, just, what the hell, man? Like, he forgot to book, or... Hey, look, like, you know, I want to, on the other side of that coin, let's be fair, Russo had a few good ideas in the past. <laughs> I don't mean you should be yeah, leaving crap. Yeah, but at the same time, Sullivan had booked in the past nothing like he did towards the end of WCW. It's like, why? <laughs> like, did, did your brain break? I don't know. But meanwhile... Well, rumors are true. Maybe the devil's got a grip on him. Who knows? Good God. But meanwhile... Roll that, roll that noise, please. Oh, you mean... Allegedly! Gotcha. Uh, but meanwhile, Hulk Hogan returns to action for one more match at WWE's Raw-branded pay-per-view Backlash on May 1st in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, one more match. Whoa! <laughs> But anyway, Hogan well, appeared. Well, no on... disrespect, but the place to come out of retirement is never going to be Manchester, New Hampshire. Yeah. But Hogan appeared on Raw in Madison Square Garden on April 18th because, of course, there he accepted the invitation of Shawn Michaels to be his tag team partner against Mohammed Hassan and Davari at Backlash. I forgot that that match happened to begin with. It was not so, that bad. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's funny. So. Basically, it was uh, America versus uh, the Muslims that were still American because. America, yeah. Well, one of them was a legit Muslim, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know if Davari was for sure. I know he was pa- he was Pakistani. I know that because people were like, so he's supposedly supposedly like speaking like Arabic, whatever. But he's actually speaking like Pakistani, which is a different language. And it's like, yeah, we're all white. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, having uh, Muslim friends, you know, I look at that a different way now. I'm like, man, they just portray him as evil because he's Muslim. That's pretty messed up. Well, yeah, dude, because 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just, I don't know. I just, like, like, like I said, in hindsight, it's, you know, 50 50 or 20 20, obviously, but yeah. Oh, it's mostly, mostly evil. And it Man, was, that is dirty, dude. Well, the thing is, they start off like he was kind of a sympathetic character that they made a heel. He was like, hey. yeah, like he said, he's like, well, I'm, uh, I'm Muslim and I'm, and because of that, after 9 11, I've, you know, gotten, a, I've taken a lot of heat and people look at me differently and blah, blah, blah. And, it, and it's not fair. So I'm coming to take revenge on all of you white people. Like, what the yeah, hell, I was, man? I was with them up until that second part. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because at first I was like, okay, I mean, there were the group of Americans that were like, well, didn't people that look like you do something bad? It's like, oh, God. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, my grandfather fought World War II and didn't like Japanese people for obvious reasons. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. but, I'm not saying it's okay. Yeah, right. I, I mean, it was just like, it, it was bad. And Vince is like, let's capitalize on racism. Like, oh, God. Know, it worked in 1991. Yeah, right. Hey, remember when we took that that uh, white guy, G.I. Joe, and made him a an, an Iraqi sympathizer? <laughs> this time we'll take an Italian that's kind of tan and racially ambiguous and we'll make him a Muslim. Because we bought WCW, you can't headline Starcade with that tan. Now, <laughs> God. But yeah, and then it's like they start off with that, where it's like, okay, well, that's bad, that's not good. And then he undercuts his whole argument by bringing out guys dressed like uh, terrorists, and yeah. they use ga- they use piano wire to choke out the Undertaker while he's, by the way, and then they carry out his quote unquote dead body. Right, and he's doing, and they came out by the way after he pretended to pray to Allah. So yeah, that's cool. Not like, good God, man. And then they're like, "Bro, we're gonna have the Undertaker kill him, and he's gone forever, bro." <laughs> like they literally. It's, and, and, it's a great American bash, which means someone needs to die. Exactly. Uh, by the way, uh, not to spoil anything, but we are covering at least one of those coming up here in a couple of months. So look forward to that. Uh, we spoke about this guy earlier. According to sources, Chris Jericho's future with WWE is far from certain. His current contract with the company is scheduled to expire towards the end of the year, and he has become even more outspoken than ever about his tenuous status. In public interviews, he has been ambivalent about the f- about his future with the company, citing burnout and frustration. One person familiar with Jericho's backstage attitude says that he's stale and knows it, but is frustrated that he isn't given more attention from the creative staff. Wow, it's hard to argue that now! <laughs> Yeah, now for sure. It's like, dude, did they keep telling you that's why you re- "quote unquote" reinvent yourself every two years? Like every two months nowadays, I'm a lizard. Yeah, that that's in the in the list of everything he's done. That is the worst. Not even not even a close call with that one. Uh, but yeah, you know, Chris Jericho leaving WWE in 05. Whoa! Well, he did. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think he he went on tour with Fozzie for a little bit and did some some of his you know musical whatever. I forgot about this. Maybe you'll remember. During a handicap match of Triple H versus Hurricane and Rosie on Raw, which reminded me that the game is taken on Roman Reigns and his older brother. Uh, <laughs> the game was said to have sustained a neck injury, uh, which at one point got so bad he collapsed backstage. It's believed that the injury arose from Rosie's leg dropping on Triple H and landing on his head and neck. Uh, as well as the injury, it's thought that Triple H may have also suffered a concussion. Or recently, though, Triple H was in good. Yeah, right. Uh, Triple H was in good spirits when he learned that his MRI came back and showed that there were no ser- there was no serious damage done to his neck or back, so he wouldn't be missing any matches. 
He was also happy to learn that there was no chronic degeneration in his back, which could possibly cause him to shorten his career. Degeneration. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about that until now. So I don't remember any of that. But I guess that explains why he left for a while after the Helm Cell with Batista. Yeah. Uh, To anybody that doesn't know who Rosie is, you want to go, like, uh, go check it out. He's Roman Reigns' older brother. Unfortunately, he's passed away. He was a big boy. So that dude landing on Triple H's head and neck. Uh, yeah, not good, man. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Trish Stratus is currently... I didn't realize just what kind of injury-prone that man was in his career. Oh, God, I know, right? With that, the quad, the knee in 1998. I'm sure I'm missing some. Yeah, the groin, yeah. I'm sure I'm missing some. Didn't he... Well, I guess... Apparently, apparently what happened here was not his fault, but... Right. Well, I, I don't think a lot of it was technically his fault. Uh, yeah, RVD what, crushed his throat. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I was about to now in the archives. I don't, I don't think he met. I could be wrong. I don't think he missed any time after that, did he? Uh, he was on Raw the next night. I think he was on Raw the next week, and he wrestled the next pay per view. So I didn't really miss any time. No. Okay. Uh, it's kind of weird. Matter of fact, he got his throat crushed and then went on to be get the title back a month later, which obviously means he's the top guy. So yeah, he didn't miss any time. Yeah. Right. But meanwhile, Trish Stratus is currently nursing a disc injury in her neck and back, which is why she is not on the European tour. Christy Hemi. Well, if you saw a Raw, you know why her back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that, that's, that's what happens when you have to carry the entire division. Nobody knows. Uh, Christy Hemi took her place for the match against Victoria, which further proves our point <laughs> that she was carrying <laughs> that division. Uh, not Victoria, by the way. She was amazing. Uh, Christy, she sucked. It's just she was bad. Bad. Yeah, but she was roll tie though. Oh well, absolutely. I have a story about that coming up, but that way referencing wow. being roll tie. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. The heartthrobs were originally called the Heartbreakers, but WWE thought that the name sounded too much like Shawn Michaels' Heartbreak Kid gimmick, so they decided oh, to change it. Don't worry, TNA will take that name. <laughs> where did they call themselves Heartbreakers in TNA? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ironically, uh, for- see him. We were just talking about when she was our manager. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, we covered one of their matches now in the archives. And don't ask me what freaking show. You guys will have to look that one up yourself. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, they were one of Hemi's uh, teams. I, I think her first team when she was doing that whole feud against Voodoo Kin Mafia, where like Kip James, aka the, like, uh, the sexism feud. Yeah, right. Uh, Kip James was like saying incredibly effed up sexist stuff to her and calling her names. Yet he was still the baby face in the feud. So, yeah, I don't. Russo, bro. Bro, they're going to verbally abuse her, bro. Bro, he's going to put her over his knee and <laughs> spank her on live TV, bro. <laughs> Mr. Ass is going to spank her ass, bro. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Good God. Anyway, uh, Colt Cabana and CM <laughs> Punk were backstage at recent TV, WWE TV tapings getting assessed. Oh, this is going to age badly. <laughs> <laughs> getting assessed by WWE management, CM Punk also worked a match on Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't happen for a while. Well, Scotty Punk- Goldman would be on TV pretty soon, I think. Uh, I thought he was there. Was he there before Punk? Uh, he was definitely there before him, yeah. Okay. And I want to say, did- oh, si- oh, I mean, when I say before him, I don't mean like, you know, years before. I mean, like, just before. But, uh, yeah. Uh, well, his... his- his name is Goldman. He's not a gold man. <laughs> ah, I get it. Yeah. 
Uh, but <laughs> shout out to anybody who gets that reference. It's not like Phil Spiderman. <laughs> <laughs> I I just remember when when I I found out that uh, that they they put Colt Cabana on like they they signed him and I saw he was on TV and I'm like oh okay what's this? like I knew they were gonna change his name because that's just what they do and I was like huh so they just literally gave him the most stereotypical Jewish name of all time got it like it was either gonna be Gold or uh, yeah, Gold or Berg or something yeah right oh my gosh yeah because I heard that name I'm like Scotty Goldman like what the because when I think of not that his you know, I like Cole Cabana for the most part, but it's not like you ever had to be like, oh, man, he could main event WrestleMania. But, you know, it's the old uh, Bruce Pritchard talked about the, the WrestleMania test. Could you ever see main eventing WrestleMania? Scotty Goldman. <laughs> <laughs> Did you knock the hell out of Seth Rollins' name when he first got yeah, it? <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you know, then then you got to look at, oh, yeah, uh, main eventing WrestleMania. Seth Rollins. Like, yeah, I mean. Throw a freaking my- on there. I mean, you got a star. Oh yeah, right. In my defense, that name sucked. Okay, it was like it like if you first heard it, especially when he's coming off of Tyler Black, it's like uh, not that Tyler's super awesome or anything, but like it's Tyler. <laughs> but it's just like I think literally everybody had the same reaction. We heard Seth Rollins, and we're like, "Who the hell came up with this? And why?" Was uh, that the, was the Bishop say the names? Uh, the name's not you. You are the name. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. That's like that's that's like when they say, "Oh, well, you know, uh, you, sometimes you make the title, sometimes the title makes you." It's like, hey, yeah, I, I get that because they, I mean, they did slap the world title on uh, uh, Jinder Mahal, and nobody gave a damn. So, I guess. Yeah, but then again, like he that. looks like Jesus and has a woman that has a wife that looks like that, so he's fine. Oh, Seth, yeah, of course. Crossfit, Jesus. <laughs> excuse me. Good God! <laughs> uh, but here's where I was talking before about Christy Hemming. So. There are mixed feelings. About her. Go ahead. <laughs> there are mixed feelings backstage regarding a second raw diva search. Yeah, I'd say uh, Stephanie McMahon and Kevin Dunn are said to be in favor of it because, of course, Kevin Dunn is. <laughs> you couldn't see if uh, I was doing the book two things. <laughs> well, you see, I think what we really need here is to run another diva search. Boobies. Did they run another uh, one? I don't. I really forget. I can't remember, but I feel like they did. Yeah, they did. Uh, actually, actually, one. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, but as they see it, or, or as they see it as a dose of reality TV to mix in with the wrestling, uh, the hope is to find another Christy Hemi who can eventually not just do a Playboy shoot, but also become a good wrestler and work with Trish Stratus and Lita. Well, well. <laughs> they did. They did find another one. Cause she literally did the exact same thing. Uh, but she was not a good wrestler. So, there's, you know, they, they got half of it. I... I don't know. She was in. You're not going to throw Ashley Massaro in there with freaking Trish and Lita. It's just no, no disrespect to the dead either. Like that's that sucks. But she just objectively was not good. But however, there are strong but muted uh, opinions among others in WWE that it's a colossal waste of time and money that it created because certain people in management enjoy the perks of the com- uh, the competition process. Yeah, uh, they it, get it to was. tell. Can, can yeah. I oil their picks? Yeah, they get to tell scantily clad or you know super hot model women. Uh, can you prance around in a bikini for me? And uh, we you know we look at your butt and say uh, yes or no. <laughs> How do you hey, get that job? Uh, hey, boss, I've been thumbing through these Playboys, and I think I found our next diva, Kalabunga, dude. It's all for research, of course. No, <laughs> good lord. Uh, yeah, come on, like that's 
apparently, uh, or excuse me, I, I, I think I need to hit the allegedly, uh, that's what he would do. Not playboy per se, but he would thumb through like uh sports magazine, like uh, sports illustrated and whatever. And look at the, the female models and be like, Hey boss, we should hire this one. She's got a big rack. Yeah. Well, ironically, he didn't get Tiffany Stratton. who looks like one of his girls, but can actually wrestle. So that's a little bit of a change. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you, you take one look at her, and you're like, yeah, she looks athletic, whatever, but, I mean, what the hell can she really do? She's pretty good from what I've seen. I mean, and admittedly, I haven't seen a ton, but I've seen stuff online, watched a few of her matches. She's pretty good. I don't feel like she's going to win the title this Saturday. By the way, we record a little ahead of time. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I guess uh, Chelsea Green came out and said she's hoping that they call her up uh, to the main roster after uh, after Mania. So, we'll see. Uh, that I'll also take Roxanne for his first. Yeah, right. Uh, I and then she's uh, ready. Gigi Dolan and hell yes, Cora J. Wherever the hell she is, she hasn't been on TV in like three or four months. JC Jane would be good, but I, I realize you can't call up. She's her. she's hurt yeah. right now. So. Oh, is she actually hurt? Damn. I think she uh, dislocated her shoulder or something, collarbone. It's, it's not funny by any means. I'm not laughing at that, but it's like, man, you, you kick somebody else in the face and put them through a door, and you get hurt. <laughs> 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 nice, nice. But anyway, uh, this week on Between the Ropes, it's this time in the uh, in, in the uh, timeline, the sacred timeline, ladies and gents. Matt Hardy joined Fritz, uh, Fritz Dickerman and Vito Denuncio. What was that first uh, or name? Or Denuncio. Uh, Fritz Dickerman, I guess is his first name. And Vito Denucci. I'm sorry, I, I completely butchered that guy's name. Uh, to discuss his recent release from WWE and what's in Matt's future in wrestling the circumstances surrounding his relationship with Leah and many other matters in his first interview since his release from WWE. Uh, Matt was asked to describe the last few months, and he said that, quote, it has not exactly been the most shining period in my life, to say the least. It's been very stressful. It's been very aggravating, and it's been very frustrating. It's just uh, it's just pretty much. I, I don't know if that was the whole sentence, but there you go. Uh, I've covered most of all bad emotions as far as it goes, end quote. Matt said that once the situation between him, Edge, and Lita started happening, nothing really surprised him, including his WWE release. Matt said that he thought the way some of the things were handled in the company were very poor. Matt said that some of the things might have been rash or did not involve uh, making the best decisions. Quote, I really don't regret standing up for what I believe in and what I believe is right. If I had to be a martyr and lose your uh, your girlfriend and your job. I stood up for what I believe is right, and I stood up for my First Amendment right to speak the truth and freedom of speech. Then so be it. End quote. Good God, man! Way to put yourself on a pedestal. Well, he didn't have Ribby yet, so someone had to say it. Yeah, he's like, uh, I got cheated on, and my best friend uh, kind of screwed me over, and I got fired from my job. But you know what? I I'm a martyr here, and I'm standing up for f- the First Amendment. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Like, shut the F up, Matt. So if he would pull a gun and went after him, he would say he was standing here for the Second Amendment, or what? Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, do they, well, they don't have that their Second Amendment up in Canada, do they? <laughs> On edge, because... America! Yeah! Okay, that's <laughs> like the third time you use that now. Hey, it's very pertinent on this one, man. Uh, I didn't realize <laughs> how much... But the show we're reviewing is taking place in Orlando. Just kind of yeah. ironic. Exactly. Anyway, uh, speaking of another Canadian, former WWE superstar Andrew Test Martin has secured Rob Russon as his agent to book personal appearances, wrestling matches, and tours effective immediately. 
Test has completed nine months of rehab therapy and has been cleared by doctors to return to the ring. Right. Well, yeah. Well, he does. What's the, what's the significance of that guy he got? So, Rob Russin, I guess, was uh, DDP's agent among, like, there were a couple other bigger names that I guess he agented for. Uh, DDP was the one that stuck out to me. Well, just like when they, when they hear something like, he is secured, you know, insert name here, usually that name means something. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's not the it's not quite Hulk Hogan's uh, agent that apparently Eric Bischoff absolutely hates. Uh, Goldberg's agent too. Can't think of his name now, uh, but he's mentioned him on eighty three weeks a few times. That uh, uh, he's like he hates the guy now because he screwed him over in negotiations with WCW a few times. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, Test would be back in ECW, right? Like that's is that yeah that's coming up. Yeah, we're we're a little bit away from the first one I stand, which is going to be the catalyst for the relaunch in a uh, year. Yeah. So. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, all that all that joy. But yeah, uh, test popped up there, and then uh, I believe the fans chanted "You're on steroids" or something to that effect at him. I thought that happened when he went to Impact. No, I I, I remember it definitely happened in ECW, and might have also happened in TNA. But I I just I'll take I your word for it. I don't remember that. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, anybody goes checks that out. It's uh, yeah, he he pops up and he is uh, huge, right? He is uh, he is large and in charge, I'll say. But yeah, and then he pops up in TNA. Didn't we review one of his matches? Like, wasn't he? I think we reviewed the I think you reviewed the only match he had. It was a cage match. I don't think it was lockdown. I think it was Art Justice, right? I think, uh, maybe again, I'll for for that one, I'll take your word for it. (laughs) I want to say it was Art Justice 2007. I want, okay. That's what I want to say, but yeah, I I just don't remember. Uh, Definitely a cage match, though. It maybe it was lockdown. I don't know. I just I feel like it wasn't lockdown. Yeah, let's see. Let's look on his Wikipedia here, real quick. Uh, Wikipedia uh, Springfield. Wow. Uh, after his departure, let's see. Martin went to TNA uh, August second at Impact. Yeah, at Hard Justice, Martin wrestled his first and only match for TNA as. The Punisher, Andrew Martin. I forgot about that. Uh, as he teamed with Sting and Abyss to defeat Christian's Coalition, which was Christian Cage, Tom Coney, and Styles, in a Doomsday Chamber of Blood match. <laughs> and yeah, Styles was slammed into a... Yep. And Styles was slammed into a pile of broken glass and pinned by Abyss. Yeah, now the archives, by the way. I'm uh, pretty sure we reviewed that uh, that thing. And in case you didn't realize it, Abyss did not show his own deck in this one, right? Yeah, like I think we commented on that. I was like, "Holy cow, he didn't go through his own weapon." <laughs> uh, well, uh, hey, stay tuned. <laughs> Jump with the gun here. Yeah, right. So on April thirtieth, uh, Sean O'Hare will return to kickboxing for the battle of or the battle at Bellagio Four, presented by K One USA in Las Vegas. O'Hare is looking oh, to become the K One's a legit thing. Okay, they got name value, yeah. so that means something. O'Hare, I'm not being sarcastic either. I, I guess he trained, he was a trained kickboxer. He trained for like 22 years, I guess. So uh, it's not like he just jumped into it just for something to do. But O'Hare is looking to become the uh, Battle at Bellagio tournament champion. Tournament, bro. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he's another one. That, that was one me and uh, a mutual friend were talking about that. Like people we thought were going to be big deals. And both of us agreed. We thought Sean O'Hare was going to at him. something. Yeah. God dang it, pal. Look at it. You know, I noticed in his later in his late in his later years, he and um, Jason David Frank kind of looked alike. Oh yeah, right. That's that is correct. 
But yeah, well, and uh, he he had a cool look, bro. He I liked his entrance. He had Piper with him for a while, and I don't know. I like that song he had his last run. Yeah, it was a waterproof blonde song. I, I don't, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. And they did like cool lighting effect. They had a cool entrance video for him. I like the trench coat, his finisher. He was athletic as hell. It was scary as hell. And uh, I don't know, like did, something didn't click for, with WWE management, I guess, or the creative. But I and I dug his Devil's Advocate promos. I liked them. I don't know, uh, just something didn't sit right there. That was the era of gimmicks that went absolutely nowhere. But you think about him, Mordecai. Swear to God, dude, I was thinking Mordecai when you said that went nowhere. That's the first yeah. one that popped in my head, not even joking. And Mordecai oh. was handpicked by The Undertaker to feud with him. And it's just, nope. They decided uh, to not do that one. I, I loved Mordecai, like the, the character. Like, I didn't see enough of his. Hey, nobody would ever accuse Michael Jordan of being a great coach, okay? So there you go. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I thought Kevin Thorne was a good wrestler. Not great, but good. Uh, he had a cool look, bro. I, I liked Mordecai. The, the, I don't know. The, well, he looked like the opposite of The Undertaker, and I guess that's what they were going for, but I don't know. Yeah, because he literally had the old white look. Right. And he came out with the cross and whatever, dressed like a, like a priest or something. Yeah. A minted priest. Yeah, right. Uh, but Tony Schiavone got a question from a caller on the Georgia radio show, Gene and Tony show, on The Ticket 1240. The caller asked, quote, what do you think of what Bobby Heenan has said in his book and in recent interviews being quoted as saying that you are not his type of guy and that you hated the fans and considered them idiots, end quote. Damn. Uh, Tony said, quote, That's guy's going with all the dirt, huh? Yeah, right. Tony said, quote, I don't believe Bobby really said this. He did have a problem with me when he left WCW, claiming his departure was my fault, but we have talked and patched up our problems since then, end quote. Uh, I want to pause there for a second. I don't know if he really did or not, because uh, Tony was talking on his podcast about that's like one regret he had was, uh, I hope he patched things up with him. I don't know. But he said uh, uh, he, he regretted like the way him and Bobby interacted because he said he really loved Bobby. But I don't know. For some reason, he said Bobby Heenan blamed him for being taken off the commentary table. Like he thought it was up to Tony for some reason. And Tony said he had nothing to do with it. So, yeah, I'm sure he preferred Mark Madden. Yeah. Oh, of course. Who, who would you rather sit next to, Greg? Mark Madden or Bobby Heenan? I think hey, you know what? Steelers. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Just, uh, it just triggers me. Exactly. But when asked about the booking style, I love he preferred, when Matt Cardona went off on the other day on Twitter. Mark yeah, Madden. Like, pronouns, pal. Didn't he tell him to go F himself? Yeah. Because it was all because of those fans hounding Rhea Ripley for autographs at the airport. And Mark Madden tried to defend them by saying it's part of the job. Yeah, he <laughs> says, oh, BS is part of the job. Like, to get harassed? I don't think so, man. Like, how about you shut the hell up? Like, you don't get yeah, like, harassed. Like, how would you know? Who's, who's hounding you for your freaking autograph? Yeah, so I was going to say, it's like, <laughs> you wouldn't know what it's like, man. Nobody gives a damn about you. Like, people probably see you, and if they do recognize you, they avoid you. Like, he just has I the look right of somebody who's... I have the sealers in his face. Yeah, right. He just has the look of somebody who smells like cheese. So I would want to <laughs> avoid him, too. <laughs> too far? I don't know. Anyway, but uh, this is what really got me, though. Is, like, I love Tony Schiavone, but, like, huh? I hope he was joking here, trolling a little bit. I, been, I don't I know, man. Years ago, hearing a story about um, Bobby Heenan, like, in his on commentary saying, I can't hear you from down here. You know about this? 
Yes, his chair was always higher. Conrad yeah. gives him crap about it on his podcast all the time. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I heard someone, at least someone said, wrote it on Twitter. So He gave an excuse as to why his chair was like higher for some reason, whatever. But Conrad was like, dude, you look effing ridiculous. He's like, did you ever look at this back? He's like, come on, dude. Like, you're like a whole head above everybody else. Like, give me a break. <laughs> but He's uh, not now, though. <laughs> ah, no. Uh. But uh, this is just like I like I said. I really hope he's he's trolling or maybe sour grapes at this point or something. But when asked, uh, who's well, you know he's a sarcastic style, asshole. Here, so yeah. Well, when asked whose booking style he preferred, Eric Bischoff or Vince Russo, he said, "quote I'd have to go with Vince Russo." End quote. Oh uh, God! I gotta hit it again. What the fuck? Oh, WTF moment this week? Yeah, the WTF moment this week. <laughs> Tell me if you're one of these Russo's better than Bischoff. Wow. Yeah, why? Like, this has to be sour grapes, right? He's got to have something against Bischoff at this point. He's got to be pissed at him. Because on his podcast today, I don't know if he fully blames Russo for it, but he said he hated his life during this last, like, last year, year and a half of working in WCW. He said he would get to the building and sit in his car thinking, should I just, should I go in and do my job or just drive home and say, F it? Because I hate my life. <laughs> like that's pretty sad by the way i can't I, like I, that's got to be emphasized but damn look if i hear someone say that now i'm like god keep an eye on them and i'd be trying to end it yeah right <sighs> and I then hope, he, i hope not but that's the first thing that answer my mind and i don't want anybody to think i'm dissing anybody who does this at all because i'm not this has nothing to do with the job itself but he went from being on national tv right after this and hating his life by the way with this last year year and a half to then he works at Starbucks where he's just, you know, a regular Joe Schmo working a normal job. That's a, a lot of humbling time for him, man. Like when you're like, he's basically a celebrity, you know, it's like there was Shane Douglas working at Target. Yeah. Again, I am like, could manage on Target. I don't like the elite. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, good God. But and I'm, again, this is not bad mouthing those jobs. I'm just putting it into perspective of your, he was probably making really good money as a celebrity on TV and whatever people knew who he was, kind of his dream job, that he's making coffee. And like, I'm welcome sure he walked in. Welcome to the main event, Marks, where TJ thinks that wrestling announcers are celebrities, folks. <laughs> celebrity is enough where people recognize you in public. So, I mean, he's that's more of a celebrity than Kardashians, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. And at least he had talent, unlike the Kardashians. But either way. Oh, they got talent, trust me. <laughs> God. Last story I got here, speaking of talent. One for sure. God. The Rock is set to star alongside Sean William Scott and Sarah Michelle Gellar in Richard Kelly's Southland Tales. The movie is a futuristic story set a few years down the line, highlighting when a world could be on the brink of ruin. I've never, seen, I've this. never seen this. Yeah, I've never seen this Rock movie. I remember this came out long enough ago where I remember... It was in Blockbuster, and I would walk past it and go, oh, look, The Rock, and keep walking. I'll take a second here to explain to some people what Blockbuster is. <laughs> yeah, right. It's back, baby. Well, you know, well, kind of. Allegedly! But, yeah, getting back to this, no, I never saw Southland Tales from what you said. You, you never did either. I don't think it did very well. I've never even heard of it until just now, so. I've I heard of it, but I think it was one of them. Like, this is fairly early into, like, The Rock hadn't hit superstardom yet. Uh, so. Hollywood. This, yeah. Well, this was his time. Where, like, the rundown did okay, uh, but then he did stuff like Southland Tales and Doom, which, you know, those weren't good. And then, well, I can't say Southland Tales wasn't good, it just, I don't think it did well. And then I uh, love the rundown, though. Yeah, oh, I did too. 
And then with um, uh, walking tall. Knoxville or Stifler? Say, say what? Was the rundown the one with, with uh, Johnny Knoxville or Stifler? Uh, Stifler. That was, yeah, yeah, was yeah, Sean William Scott's in that one, and he's he's also in it. Because that's what I thought they were talking about until I read further into the story. Uh, he's also in Southland Tales with The Rock. So apparently Hollywood felt that that was some kind of dynamic duo they needed to keep together at the time. Uh, but no, he didn't. Uh, Johnny... mom? <laughs> God. Uh, but this was, um, oh, God. Uh, the, the Walking Tall was the one with Johnny Knoxville. That was the last one where it was like that he was finally starting to hit that big time marker in Hollywood where it was like every movie he did was like must see. But either way, that does it for that. Time to get into the event at hand. You ready? I actually am. I cracked my monster a while ago, so. Oh, yeah. It here. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like you you set me up on that one, dick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you set me up. You completely missed it when you said all oh, the demons coming out of WrestleMania. And I was like, oh, F yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Uh, That's what happens when Raw is good. I was engaged in it, so I didn't catch that. Yeah, right. Like, if I would have caught it, that means I was bored. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, we will get into that here in just a few minutes. Right after this break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. 
is TNA Lockdown 2005 took place April 24th, 2005 at the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida. The attendance was only 775, so they didn't even pack the place out. And the buy rate... I've had more than that. Uh, I've seen more than that APW shows in San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, I, we, dude, the local indie feds around here consistently draw more than that. Or at least this, I should say. And I want to point out, these ones we're talking about, you got to pay. This is free, technically. Right. You still got to pay to get into Universal, but yeah. Uh, this, uh, the, the pay-per-view buys for this one was 30000 I was one of them. Pretty hey, sure in five, I bought them all, so... Yeah, I can't remember if I did or if I did with this one or not. Uh, I remember seeing some of the stuff, but I don't know if I saw it live. I might have seen it after the fact. So the play-up package was, I thought, pretty good for this, but they also had the stereotypical slow down a classic children's song with a creepy child singing it to add an aura of horror to it. You know what I'm saying? I did not notice that. Yeah, well, they did uh, Ring Around the Rosie for this one. They had just like some... Is that what that was? Yeah, well... Oh, yeah, I clearly so. missed it. Okay. Yeah, because she's like they they slow down this little girl's voice and they make it all creepy and whatever. It's like, uh, okay. Like, why are little kids so creepy <laughs> at certain times? <sighs> but uh, anyway, we're now shown footage of Kevin Ash showing off his staff infection, so he's not clear to oh, compete me. tonight. Yeah, it's like, I, dude, you know, I could take your word for it, man. They're like, I mean, you're Kevin Ash. We know you're hurt. Trust me, we all know. Yeah, it's like, dude, we believe you. It's like, that's the equivalent of bringing in a doctor's note when you call off. <laughs> Bro, take a look at my gnarly staph infection in my leg. Like, ah, I'm, I'm good, you know? It's like, ugh. Isn't there a story like that? Uh, somebody else, uh, they showed off, uh, I, I think it was Kenny Omega. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you, you ever heard that story? Uh, no, not about that. He sends what? Jim Cornette and I think it was Delirious, somebody. Oh, uh, yeah. A picture of clearly a fake ankle with a fake staff like infection. Green. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, and he said, he, yeah, because he said it was so disgusting and like over the top, he thought it was like a joke. Like he was like ribbing him. But uh, yeah, and then he like, he ends up wrestling in Japan like that same night or whatever. And he's like, what the F, man? Uh, the, the staff infection stories that I remember is uh, one is when Austin had that staff infection. That's why he wore that white elbow pad at, uh, Help me out. Was that at um, King of the Ring, I think. King of the Ring, okay. And then The Undertaker apparently had a staph infection. They got it all, they supposedly cleaned it all out, but they didn't. And then they sewed his elbow up, like, too tight. And the it burst and went everywhere. So, yeah, that was lovely. lovely. Yeah. Uh, and that could have killed him, or at least cost him his arm. So, yeah. Doctors, well, man. Ron Simmons had a bad one during the invasion, I want to say it was. Yeah. Well... We now get uh, a look at a cameraman that will be inside the cage for reasons. He's wearing padding all over and even wearing, like, the boxing headgear stuff. Right. At first I was like, okay, well, this is before they put the holes in the cage. Nope. They still had those camera holes in the cage. So why was he in there? No, no uh, answer? Reasons. That's why. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I feel I was like, like he wasn't in there all night. Was he? I don't remember seeing him past the first match. Yeah, no, it was just the first damn match. They acted like this was a new thing that was going to be like, nope, just that one well, match. The first match is pretty bad, though. I mean, yep. Not that this camera had anything to do with it. No, no, but it was like right off the bat, bell rings, ding, 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 and Sonny Siaki's like, dude, get the f out of my way, like right away. There's a reason why cameramen aren't physically in job, the ring. But don't get mad at him. Right? Yeah, right. 
Um, first match here is just the the weirdest damn match, and the description for it is also wrong on uh, the YouTube video. How they have it like chaptered out. Uh, it is Lance Hoyt and Chris Candido taking on Apollo and Sonny Siaki. Okay, it is six sides of steel tag team match. Sonny Siaki, was... aka We Wish You Were the Rock. Yeah, right. And <laughs> Apollo, aka uh, We Wish You Were Batista. <laughs> I like how I like, a cup of coffee and Ellie asked for a minute too later. Yeah, right. Like, what was the like? What was up with this team? By the way, was it just like Russo's? Like, whoa, you're both brown. I like, thought that's what it was. Yeah, I thought they were related. Honestly. Yeah, like Apollo. For anybody who doesn't know, is uh, I'm gonna get this. Is, I think Puerto Rican, uh, or one of them, and maybe Dominican. But I think I think I was right with Puerto Rican. And uh, I Sonny thought Siaki, he was Well, he's he's Hispanic. I'll just say that he's he's Latino. And Sonny Siaki is Samoan. So, yeah. <laughs> and you can see why the people would think he was a rock, or a wannabe rock. Because <laughs> it take a right, genius. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He even did some mannerisms like the rock there for a while, I remember. It's like, dude, you're just, no. Anyway, bro, part- I made the rock, bro. I'm making you the next rock, bro. He had a good look, and he was an okay wrestler, but just, ugh. But partway into this match, Candido drops and holds on to his leg. He's helped to the back, unable to put weight on his leg. We later find out that, the, that he broke his leg. Uh, I'm pretty sure that this is the injury that ends up killing him. Hey, he dies a few days later. Yeah. Uh, was it a few days well, later? It's right after this, yeah. Because he's yeah. literally on Impact, and then they roll the thing about, about you know, his uh, rest in peace thing after it was over. Wow. Yeah, he. Uh, for people that don't aren't familiar with the story, he got a blood clot, and uh, yeah, from from this injury, and it went to his heart and killed him. Yeah, it's uh, freaking sucks, man. Just like way too young to die. It was a weird thing because I remember hearing that he died, and I was like thrown off. I'm like, wait, what? Like, why? How? Yeah, I remember you being shocked. Man, how do you die from a broken leg? That's what really got me. Yeah, I know. And then when they explained it was blood clot, I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I I guess it's just like. Wow, okay. Um, hella freaking random, and it just, it sucks. But, and then we get the newly franchised Naturals after that, which was just awesome, as oh, we all know. Candido's last image in wrestling is him holding their tag titles when they won them. So. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind the whole Shane Douglas taking over, but it's like, well, now because Shane Douglas is taking over, uh, you know, being their manager, first of all, they suddenly forgot how to wrestle, apparently, because they just jobbed out all the damn time. <laughs> and it was oh well you're with me now so you gotta wear steeler colors like F that I already said it for this podcast yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh, past that though Lance Hoyt hit a moonsault on Siaki in this match which I think cheapened him being able to do it since he did it every week uh, in the end Apollo hits the TKO on Lance that's back he was on TV every week Not, yeah I know uh, once a year well Greg now he's he's a he's on dark every once in a while, but he's a third stringer, and he can't play in the championship game. All right, so he's got to sit it out. You know, he's we can't all be Danhausen and Orange Cassidy, okay? Daniel Garcia. All, yeah, we can't all be Daniel Garcia and sexy Chucky e. T. All right, like we <laughs> we've got to know they've got to know their place in the pecking order, okay? Him and Miro just don't make the cut. Oh God. But anyway, Apollo hits a TKO on Lance Hoyt. Siaki hits a splash off the top rope and pins him for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this one and a half stars. What say you? I gave it two. It was, it was fun moments. 
yeah, me I in it, at least. Yeah, I mean, it, it not too completely... into it, but I did start playing uh, Switch during this match, I believe. <laughs> so is that? <laughs> Dude, I was just like, I was seriously sitting here like, when is this over, man? I just, I didn't. I, to be honest, I didn't give a damn. I was like, why? Why is I this? I try to give the match a respect because I know what's the aftermath coming from it. So that was my thing, but. Yeah, um, this, like this match shouldn't have happened. It was dumb. Like, there was no point. In hindsight, you have no idea how right you are. <laughs> yeah, right. But the Naturals ran out after the match to yell at Lance Hoyt for losing. Lance goozles Chase Stevens, and then they team up together on him, beating him down. They finally hit the natural disaster on him before leaving. Cool. This is the start of the, uh, we're probably going to push uh, Lance Hoyt. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it's gone. Like the front set, the front row always had the thing that said the Hoyt section. They always had like a huge banner there. <laughs> like if that doesn't tell you that you know people want this guy, I don't know what the hell does. But nope, gotta go with Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> of course, yeah. We now go backstage with Director of Authority Dusty Rhodes standing by with Tracy Brooks and Trinity, both looking all the way live. Uh, he's got a bunch of names in a cowboy hat and asks the women to pull the name out for each team in the Lethal Lockdown. Those two men would be the first to start the match. The two names chosen for Lethal Lockdown were Jeff Jarrett and Sean Waltman. Because nothing screams new age like Jeff Jarrett <laughs> and Sean Waltman. Uh, a couple of guys that wrestled each other on Monday Night Raw in 1993. Yeah, right. I don't know if you caught this, but in their opening for TNA where they have the weird satellites in the desert and whatever the hell, and you got the epic voice guy. Uh, he, peace. <laughs> yeah, right. But he says uh, TNA, the new face of professional wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to laugh at that. Yeah, first of all, no. Second of all, even if you're, like, trying to get away with that, like, you know, see my earlier point. Nothing says the new face of professional <laughs> wrestling. Like, two guys that were on Raw in 93. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you mentioned Jeff Jarrett, by the way, in that is ironic, seeing as, like, AEW now thinks they're a legit competition, and they have him on their show. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett is, like, the wrestling leech, man. He just, like, he's like, oh, you can make a little bit of money? Like, maybe, maybe I can get some TV time? Well, I'll hop right on it. Like, good God, man. You have I mean, to you have to admire a guy that can still stay employed after all his years. You know what? I respect the hustle. Like, uh, it's a baller move there, Jarrett, and I respect it. But at the He's same a charming time, bitch, apparently. Yeah, right. Uh, but at the same time, Jeff, get the hell off my TV. Just, yeah, bye. Look, I, I like to try to find the positives and things. Okay? And I'll say this. Him being on TV gets Jay Lethal on TV more, so I will not argue that ever. That shouldn't be but unfortunately, the case. Yeah comes at a cost <laughs> right yeah that shouldn't be the case well that's like the monkey's paw hey we'll we'll give you more uh jay lethal on tv yes but he's with jeff jarrett no <laughs> like how do you not use the greatest first generation wrestler of all time better yeah right no he's got to be with jeff jarrett and zippy the pinhead and sanjay it's not a knock on sanjay i like sanjay but no yeah, you had nothing to him. Sorry, <laughs> who's on this card in 2005? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! But anyway, up next, we have Bobby Roode with Scott Demore and A1 in his corner. He's taking on Dustin Rhodes in a two out of three falls Prince of Darkness match. I don't know what the hell. I don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> but I want to tell you something I wrote down here. Let's fast forward to 2023. Scott Demore now running Impact. Bobby Roode, I think he's still in WWE. I think he's hurt. We haven't seen him in like a year. 
he's, Dustin he's, Rhodes he's is there. Yeah. Doing what the hell he's doing in AEW? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's being Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. A1 is still uh, my favorite steak sauce. Good God. Yeah. Well, this goes 15 minutes, uh, 15 minutes, 15 seconds. And you want to know the whole crux of this feud, Greg? It boils down to. Oh, yeah. What it comes down to, like again, I, mean, I know. Think I, about though, who better to fight for America than the Texas boy? I yeah, I mean, I get that, but so basically, what this match is because you know you got to put a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat with Vince Russo. Uh, <laughs> first of all, they're in a cage. He invented so that, dude. Right, they're in a cage, so that's hat one. Uh, there, it's two out of three falls. Hat number two. Hat number three. If it goes to the third and final fall, both men must be blindfolded. Real man of genius. Yeah. Bobby Roode gets the first. Let me uh, just just point out, we all know where this is going, right? Let's not pretend we don't know what's going to happen here. Uh, like what do you like? What part of it? You mean like Uh, finish of the match? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Well, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, by the way, this isn't the first Canadian match or Team Canada involved match, whatever that ends with like miscommunication due to somebody being blinded. (laughs) Bro, Canadians gotta get blinded, bro. I just now (laughs) thought of that. I didn't realize that he said it either. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, wow. Bobby gets the first fall. Wow, it's just coming to me too. Wow. It's yep. <laughs> a schoolboy with his feet on the ropes pretty damn quickly for the first fall. Dustin gets the second fall with a bulldog off the top ropes. Finally, they have the black sack uh, tied over their head. Let's see your sacks, boys. Uh, <laughs> but they get the black sacks put over their head. Uh, oh, and suddenly. Suddenly, what was a good match turns incredibly stupid. I'm going to say it was a match, okay? Well, I thought it was a good match. I, I don't know. I, apparently, I was alone because Uncle Dave hated this crap, too. But, uh, but I don't know what the hell you were watching. I, I, dude, I don't know. I thought Dustin Rhodes and Bobby Roode uh, had good chemistry together. I just, I well, thought... Bobby has good chemistry with everybody, to be fair. Yeah, it's like... He's just great. It's like this, uh, uh, this thing for Parks and Recreation where they tell the CSAN Sari's character. It's like, oh, I thought you and so-and-so were good together. He's like, listen... I'm cute with everybody. <laughs> he is. He's a cute little guy. Yeah, God. He's like Murph from Practical Jokers. He just can't help but love him. He's got that Good face. God. <laughs> yeah. But uh, either way, uh, Bobby swings a clothesline and takes out the referee before Stockton. <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, before... <laughs> it's only a Northern Lariat if it's to the back, I thought. It is. And he has to be like running off the ropes, too. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stipulations for that one. <laughs> Uh, but this is before Scott Demore throws a chair inside of the cage, and then Demore, <laughs> and then Demore unlocks the cage and gets in, which begs the question: He was just going to do that. Why did he throw the chair in first? Why didn't he yeah. just bring it in and hand it to him? But anyway, uh, he walks using past. logic here, Dick. Yeah, right. Well, because it, well, because if he did that, we couldn't set this up. His body picks up the chair, and as Demore is walking past him, Rude swings the chair and blasts him in the back. Dusty, er, he then drops the chair. Dustin picks it up, cracks Bobby in the head with the chair, and pins him for the trace. Uncle That's, Dave uh, is... Canadian flag, by the way. Yeah, right. Which, by the uh, way, because you didn't know, they're Canadian because the flag's on a hockey stick. Oh, yeah. That's, it couldn't be more Canadian if they dipped it in maple syrup. <laughs> and rode to the ring on a moose. But... Oh, crap. I think you got them all. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> Uncle Dave gave the, gave this one a star and a quarter. I gave it two and a half because until the blindfolds came out, I was digging this match. What say you? I gave it one. I was getting tired. I still had to switch yep. out in the last match, honestly. So, 
Yeah. But don't want we'll to put it down because something good's about to happen. So we're good. Yeah. Well, Cassidy Riley runs out to the cage after the match. And I thought, why are you here? I don't remember what the hell is going on. Wasn't he supposed to be like Dustin's protege at this time or some crap? I, I feel like I, I feel like I remember Dustin having a couple of proteges. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense now. That seems to be a that, with him. Yeah. Well, knowing that he runs uh, the Nightmare Factory and everything, like it makes sense now. But He's uh, like QT Marshall. So. Oh yeah, which you know, those idiots in WWE allowed the great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is it, Nick Camarado? Nick Camarado. Yeah, they, they never know what they have. Yeah, they, well, because they're stupid, and they let him get away. By the way... But you let uh, him go? You kept Braun Breaker? Yeah, how dare it they? Yeah, morons? Yeah, look, and look at the great stuff they're doing with him right now <laughs> in, uh, in in AEW. I mean, like, he's won a match. Never. I think AEW botches had a thing on his last match on TV before, like, all this was, uh, like, last June. Yeah. So, and we don't count and, Dark, because nobody counts that. And he's never won a match. Just throwing that out there. So, yeah. But no, they're idiots for letting him go. (laughs) Clearly a diamond in the rough there. I love how I said they never know what they have. I'm like, yeah, never. They didn't know what they had with Cena back in the era Batista. They don't know what they have with Austin Theory now. They're idiots. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Man, they just let that Randy Orton slip through their fingers. (laughs) Morons. God, man. This guy's already an idiot enough. Man, just hammers it it home. Lays it on more. Sorry. Yeah. Well, what, was it a Hard Rock Cafe or something like that? What was, some, what was the place that like displayed oh, a pair of QT's oh, boots? Uh, I think it was the Planet Hollywood, right? Something like that? Yeah. Oh, we got a pair of QT Marshall's boots. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put that... Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll put that right next to the restroom, all right? Where everybody can see it right before they go to take a dump. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, just, I can't believe they actually did that. And thought it was something, right? You could have like, no Mago or the Young Bucks, okay? And you pick yeah. QT Marshall, really? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll put this right next to uh to, to the ring jacket of Barry Horowitz, you know, famous Jewish wrestler. All right, more famous than QT Marshall? <laughs> That's that is a fact. <laughs> Worked for about as many companies as QT Marshall, but hey, he was always on national TV, so good for him, man. Huh? Every Saturday morning, man, that was my go-to loser. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, we now go back to where Shane Douglas is interviewing oh, yeah, Christopher Daniels. Yeah, right. Uh, Elix Skipper comes up and basically asks Christopher Daniels who the hell he thinks he is before saying, quote, the world is watching and the time is right, end quote. Wow. Uh, more be- uh, more liberal words how the world's watching. <laughs> yeah, all 30,000 of them are watching. You know, well, the opening the... of WrestleMania 5, I think. The World Wrestling yeah. Federation, what the world is watching. Yeah, I mean, even then, I, mean, I wouldn't say the world, but it's a lot more accurate than this. Yeah, right. Good God. But up next, we have Michael Shane before he was legally obligated to change his name with just Trinity. Michael. Yeah. Well, first he was uh, Michael Shane, then Michael, then Matt Bentley, then Maverick Matt, and then Martyr. Right. How do you uh, know this history so well? Well, because, Greg, I am what you would call a Michael Shane scholar. Oh, you're the one, huh? Yeah, exactly. So you're a walking wrestling encyclopedia. I'm a walking Michael Shane slash Matt Bentley. I never claimed to be one for TNA, to be fair. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but Michael Shane has Trinity in his corner, which is funny because he would eventually end up with Tracy in his corner. By the way, uh, if you didn't know, this is the cousin of Shawn Michaels. They're not going to tell you a hundred times. And he doesn't do a super kick or a flying elbow or anything like that. No, no. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's taking on Sanjay Dutt. aforementioned <laughs> Sanjay Dutt. Chris Sabin and Shocker. And I know what you're thinking. 
Who? Uh, he's a Mexican dude. He was actually really, he was actually really good. good. Yeah, he was actually pretty who good. Who the hell he was? Um, right. I dug him. He was in TNA for a while, about a year or so, uh, and he did some stuff down in Mexico. If anybody follows Lucha Libre, he uh, he lost a hair versus hair match, and apparently, oh, and and what hair he had right here too. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, apparently, he was. I don't freaking know, but uh, I guess he was supposed to be gua- or he was supposed to be handsome, which is why I don't know if you remember his his tights or whatever would say like a thousand percent guapo or whatever the hell. Uh, so apparently, for people that don't know, it means handsome. <laughs> you know, for for all of our whites out there. But uh, why didn't I do that? <laughs> but yeah, that, apparently was he, that was his even MMA no guapo bossroom. Right. But I guess he was like supposed to be a super handsome dude. So all the ladies cried when he got his head shaved in Mexico. This is a thing that I know. There you go. It is useless uh, information brought to you by Troy. Exactly. Yeah, that I need a stinger for that, or like a or like a public service announcement. But anyway, this is a X Division Escape match, which is literally just a. I thought the name was clever. I got to give him that. Yeah. Well, remember when Escape like they they changed what it was after a while. Yeah. Because they had that red well, they had cage match, thing. Right? Yeah, its own its own apparatus, if you will. <laughs> if you will. Uh, but yeah, no, this was uh something. So this was another also, one of those dumb- Chris Sabin's in this match, he's one of the greatest impact wrestlers of all time, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Uh, but this is another one of those dumb only two men are legal and the other two have to wait on the apron matches. <sighs> yeah, what's the point of a fatal four way or multi man at all? Yeah. Well, you know why, Greg? Because you, that's why. Uh, <laughs> by the way, speaking of Chris Saban, he's currently in a trio with Alex Shelley and Kushida, and they're known as Time Machine, which I think is badass. Kushida could be the next Impact champion, by the way, as we speak, I believe. Because uh, Josh Alexander tore his bicep, I think. Oh, and, and relinquish it, so it's either going to be Kushida or uh, Steve Macklin. Yeah. Oh, man. They, they really, not- went with, really went with the two, like, why guys. Yeah, right. Uh, I would have taken Saban versus Shelly. Like, most of the machine guns explode for the title. Yeah, or do do a three do a three man match with all three of them. Damn, like, whatever. Does anybody really want Steve Macklin? No disrespect, but who cares, bro? Nobody cares, bro. You were in the Forgotten Sons and you were gone forever, bro. Well, at least Kashida's got the WWE and the New Japan experience, and he's got some name value. He's got the does, smell, bro. But does anybody remember uh, Steve Macklin from doing anything? Uh, well. Uh, Diana Perrazzo remembers from doing him. Uh, anyway, <laughs> can I say oh, that? Oh, dude, she's ugly and disgusting, according to some people. Oh, yeah. These uh, are real things, by the way. Because some people don't have eyes, I guess. But yeah, whatever. Oh, God. Morons. Same people that think Bailey's ugly, by the way. Uh, this is an elimination match, and idiots keep breaking up pins. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like in the world, all people stop eliminations. <laughs> Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, why? Because... Me, right? But, either way... Uh, reasons. Right. Shane hits a super kick on Sanjay. Shocker hits a super kick on Shane. Then hits a spinning elbow on Sanjay to pin him. Trinity tra- uh, tries climbing in the cage. Tracy Brooks runs out, climbs up, and tries to stop her. But Trinity kicks her, uh, kicks her down. And then moonsaults off the cage onto everyone... Tracy then runs into the cage to attract, uh, attack Trinity, and then gets thrown out of the cage again, so it's like, and she just keeps getting her ass kicked. Uh, Trinity does the exact same thing in WWE CW at one point, too. 
Uh, Saban hits a cradle shock on Michael Shane to eliminate him. It's down to Saban and Shocker, uh, and they have to escape to win. You guys will see it's pin and elimination, uh, or, or pin or submission until uh, this. Then it's escape. I, I hate when... I Kine did this crap all the time, where the rules of a match change halfway through. No, 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 no. No, Kine didn't do this. Who the hell... Uh, look, are you Russo. saying specifically Russo? Yeah, I, I, was do- just, I was just listening to a... Uh, uh, there was a fan question someone gave to Cornette, and he said Russo's logic was always start from the beginning and go backwards. That's how he came up with the King of the Mountain and uh, that horrible reverse battle royal. Like This was a legit thought of his. Start from the beginning and go backwards. Yeah. Or maybe start from the end. But, uh, something like that. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, start from the end and work back to the beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah instead yeah. of the... Yeah. Like he said this was a real thing. Like, I yeah. believe it. But yeah, I, well, I mean, look at the crap he pulled out in WCW. It's like... Well, yeah, I was, I was thinking about... I know this is nowhere near the same, but like it's, it's there. Remember his hardcore rules? They all had to start in the back. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that. They got a video game out of that. Too. <laughs> yeah, backstage brawl. Yeah, well, I think that game bombed. It did. I had it. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, but, well, uh, there was the San Francisco 49ers match. Oh, bro, oh, they're the crap out of a box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lucky you. I had yeah. not all about that, too, until we reviewed it, remember? That was one yeah. of those repressed memories, which I didn't think were even really a thing. Apparently, they are. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't believe in that. So if I went to something, I remember it. Like, nope. Yep. Repressed right. memories are real. <laughs> well, Dusty Rose was not much better at this kind of stuff. Like he he would always come up with these grandiose. Uh, Here's what we're gonna do, baby. You're gonna do all this complicated crap, and then we're gonna have a screwed finish. And then they're like, shut the f up, Dusty. <laughs> no, just, like I know he's passed away. No disrespect to the dead or whatever. But like, damn, like just just let it be, man. Have a match. No, Daddy, we gotta add a hat on a hat, baby. Uh, but anyway, getting to no, the end of this. A 10-gallon hat, a 20-gallon hat. <laughs> God. Uh, it's like a Russian nesting doll of cowboy hats, baby. But both men end up climbing uh, climbing out of the cage. They start beating each other up, and then they both fall, but Shocker falls first and wins. The stupid rules and everyone acting like a complete idiot brought this down for me. Uncle Dave gave it three and a half. I gave it two and a half. What say you? Uh, let me see. I'll give it two. It was okay, but man, I started like, like I started like I, I started out liking it, and then I'm like, oh, it's dragging, dude. It's just you had the the interference from Trinity and Tracy. You had the stupid rule changes. You had morons breaking up pins for no reason. It just sucked, man. I'm like, why? I feel like I was a liar to the audience here when I said this was a great pay-per-view, but it's going to get better, I promise. Yeah, it gets better. I mean, the next match is even uh, better than this. But the next match... Five well, Yeah, right. But we see a video replay of how Chris Candido's foot got caught underneath of him while he took a bump and in the opening match, leading to his foot twisting and so his leg breaking. This so sad, man. Yeah, I know. At this leads to death. Like, how, man? I know. And it doesn't I mean, make I, any sense. His I mean, foot, I get his, it. It's just... His boot just like for anybody like he tried to take a flat back bump, but like he kind of like slid his foot and it didn't go up. And when he came down, his like his his foot didn't move, so he came down his like his ankle twisted and broke his leg. So yeah, it's oh, it's man. gross. Yep, and it's sad that it's like and that's the way somebody died, it's literally breaking a leg. But uh, up next though, we have Raven versus Jeff Hardy. In a tables match inside of Six Sides of Steel, again, a hat on a hat, 14 minutes, one second. 
Raven comes to the ring in a straight jacket. <laughs> Jeff Hardy brings chairs to the ring. So, hat on hat on hat. <laughs> right. Uh, for anybody wondering, no, the straight jacket does not come into play. He just literally wears it to the ring, takes it off, and tosses it. Uh, but Raven gets busted open because, of course, uh, Jeff lays Raven on a table and goes for a swanton bomb off the top of the cage, but Raven moves, and Jeff goes through the table. That was seen in a lot of highlight reels. Uh, later, when Raven is down, Jeff tries climbing out, but Raven kicks the door open, and Jeff falls and gets crotched on the door. He ends up climbing back in after that. Uh, Raven sets... Uh, sets two sets of stacked tables next to each other, so like four tables, but you know. Uh, and and gee, and, I wonder what's going to happen. Who's going to go through those? I wonder. Raven's yeah, right. Up, so yeah, he's going to pull an abyss and he's going to pull an abyss and trip over his own dick. Uh, but either way, uh, he and Jeff Hardy climb to the top rope. Jeff lays Raven on the tables and dives off the top of the cage with a double leg drop onto Raven through the tables for the win. Uncle Dave liked this more than I did. He gave it three and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. I didn't think it was all that good watching it back. What say you? Oh, you and I completely split this entire show. I thought it was three as well. I thought it was really fun. It was fun. I don't know. It just it was weird. I don't know. And well, I just, a good word for it. And Jeff, I feel like Jeff's whole career, like after he, like when he went to WWE or went to DNA after WWE, there for the longest time, they're like, how can we keep reminding people of TLC? Like, yeah, well, that is what he's famous for at this point. Right. But it's like, really? Like, that's... Eh, you can't do anything else? Like, all right. Uh, and then, you know, he's got that chronic limp every freaking week. But up next, we have America's Most Wanted, def- Chris Harris and James Storm, defending the NWA World Tag Team titles against Team Canada, Petey Williams and Eric Young, with Scott Demore and A1 in their corner. This goes 15 minutes and 10 seconds. I just got to say, when people talk about the greatest tag teams of all time, they always leave off America's Most Wanted. That's a crime. Yeah, they go straight to beer money, which, you know, I mean, they were amazing. But, yeah, America's Most Wanted was fantastic, man. But yet again tonight, the besides the titles, the entire crux of this feud was... America! <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> They're literally called America's Most Wanted. Yeah, right. It's America's Most Wanted versus Team Canada. Like, you know, because we all remember that great America-Canada feud and that great war, right? Like, come on. <laughs> Our only feud is like pot shots at each other, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, so many lives lost. So, so many beers not drinking. Drank, whatever. Anyway, too, too many party fouls from beer being spilled. I feel but, like this is a good argument for the whole Raiders 49ers fans uh, feud. Like, dude, we're not in the same damn division. We have no feud, really. It's just a regional thing. Literally the same yeah. thing. Like, well, you're up there, and I'm down here, so... Nah. <laughs> For Raiders and 49ers, it's like, we had less crime this week than you did. Ha! <laughs> like, oh, man. But anyway, well, I will say, and I, I, well, now, I forgot you guys, I keep forgetting you guys moved to Vegas. So I was going to say, well, the 49ers had un- the undisputed better... Uh, stadium, but not anymore. Not anymore. A, yeah, I think the Raiders took a, that one. I mean, uh, the Niners Stadium's not bad, but it's just like bland. Like nothing going on. Yeah, and it looks like a glorified soccer stadium, or a, it would be a good baseball field. It's not a knock they, on it. Well, they did house a WrestleMania, Greg. So there is that. That's true. Although I'm really shocked. Yeah, I, I'm really shocked that WrestleMania has not went to Vegas yet. Well, we did get SummerSlam on that arena. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we definitely needed more A1 on this show, so thank God. 
I say uh, when I have my steak. <laughs> uh, A1, Alex Del... Was it Alex Del Roos? What's his name? Alistair Rouse, I believe. Alistair Rouse, that's it. Okay. Uh, they, they I, I don't know why the hell I remember that. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Uh, See, did, it's not the only one useless information. Yeah, right. Uh, he was around for like a couple of years, and then as soon as Team Canada split up, he like disappeared, and he was gone forever, bro. Didn't he do Randy Orton's pose too? I think so. Yeah, I feel like I remember that. Like the O pose. Yeah, with his yeah, arms in the so. air. Yeah, I think so. <sighs> but anyway, A one. A one yeah, yeah, Harris. Had that million dollar body with that nickel talent. Yeah, right. Uh he had such a bland like he, he never showed any expression. He was just kind of there. He wasn't a bad wrestler, but he was unimpressive. Like, eh. Looks uh, like I, somebody Vince McMahon would have hired fizzled out on when he saw him wrestle. <laughs> yeah, right. Can you talk? God <laughs> damn. Oh, God, he's Canadian. Ugh. <laughs> I would pay to hear that. Uh, but uh I, w- I was just thinking about this during this match, by the way. You know, like I said, me and a uh, mutual friend were talking about people we thought were going to be big deals, and th- they weren't. Chris Harris. I thought he was going to be, like, a huge superstar. And Lock not- your brains out. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, first, <laughs> when he was actually being pushed as, a uh, like, a main event talent in TNA, he quits, goes WWE, which I, you can arguably, you could say it was a decent move, but he gets horribly out of shape and then pops up in WWE ECW. And makes what two appearances, three maybe? Yeah, but he had that one appearance where he stood on the ramp with his hands on his hips. That was yeah, epic. exactly. So on the ramp with his hands on his hips. Uh, he had another segment where he told uh, he wrestled uh, Matt Hardy and that other guy. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he told Armando Estrada in that one segment he was going to knock his brains out, and then yeah, he had that one match. But anyway, uh, A one keeps Chris Harris outside of the cage while Williams and EY bust open James Storm inside of the cage. Uh, the Canadians use the American flag on James Storm as a weapon. After what takes forever, uh, Chris Harris finally slingshots A1 into the ring post and climbs into the cage. A1 hands Petey the Canadian flag on a hockey stick, and he uses it as a weapon for a near fall. Uh, A1 then passes a bag of powder in, and Petey gets it, and he gets it kicked in his face. He's blinded, and he hits the Canadian destroyer on Eric Young. Uh, Again, a blind Canadian here, costing them the match, because AMW then hits the death sentence on Williams to win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half. I gave it two and a half because most of the match was James Storm getting his crap kicked in. What say you? I gave it two. It was it was, eh. was alright. Yeah, I didn't uh, suck. But did, yeah. we, did, we, did we do Final Resolution 2005? I uh, don't know. Because they have a way better match at that event. Final Resolution Although, 2005? We did 07? No, well, we did 2011 fair, and 07. To be fair, that event though was also um, I think it was Bobby Roode and Eric Young, so of course it was better. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, uh, I always loved P.D. Williams. He was one of the guys that got me hooked on TNA because I, I thought he was great. Uh, EY was, you know, uh, he's always been really good. But I don't know, man. <laughs> this match was just meh. As of this recording, where the hell is EY? I don't know. I thought he was heading back to WWE, wasn't he? I have no idea. I know he got killed off on Impact. Rumor had it that he was going to be uncle, that he was one of the guys people thought was going to be Uncle Howdy. Now, that would make sense. Yeah, I'm like. No, uh, I think Bray's hurt now. So what's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he's gone forever, bro. But anyway, after the match, James Storm and Chris Harris climb the cage, waving the American flag and holding up the NWA tag titles. Because, uh, oh well, since you're queuing me up, because. America! Yeah! 
that's the theme of today's episode, ladies and gents. Uh, by the way, the other thing that if you could tell it was, it, it would have been Eric Young because he would have been like, he would have done that thing where he's like pointing from his eyes to your eyes, his eyes to your eyes. Yeah, right. This is this is also <laughs> pre "Don't Fire Eric," which, uh, oh yeah, what's that, what's that word? Um, kind of launched him into guilty pleasure. Like, damn about him, guilty pleasure. Like I really enjoyed. It was. I I will say I think it dragged on a bit too long. It got kind of stupid there towards the end, but yeah, I enjoyed it at first. The whole thing uh, with him having pyro and it's scaring the piss out of him was making me laugh. <laughs> That's another one. Like I, I got a kick out of it for like the first year he did it, and then it just kept going. And I'm like, mother of I, God! I love that it made made it into the video game. <laughs> oh yeah, that was funny. Oh, you had to, of course. Hey, speaking of that, by the way, off topic a little bit. Uh, Jim Cornette revealed on his podcast a couple weeks ago or last week, or whenever, that he was scanned for the Impact video game. Of course, he was not in that game, but then he revealed, right. oh, because it was the second one that was coming out, but it never came out. So, second hmm. one was coming. Weird. Yeah, and then uh, I don't think that one did very good. So I don't know. I didn't like the the, the play. I I, I tried I to like it. I love that it had Ultimate X in it. That was awesome. Yeah, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. I that was the first match I ever played on. It was Ultimate X. I'm like, hell yeah. But up next, it is Christopher Daniels defending the NWA X Division title against Elix Skipper in about 15 and a half minutes. Near the end, Elix dives off the top of the cage and takes out both Daniels and referee Slick Johnson. Real name. Uh, he gets a near fall. Uh, they wrestle around for a bit, and then Daniels hits Angel's Wings to retain the title. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I give it an even three. What say you? I gave it three. I would have bumped it up to fours in the Tokyo Dome. Oh, well, of course. Uh, these these two were great, though. Uh, Elix never really shined as like a top guy or whatever. But Dude, I feel them. like if he was still wrestling today, he, he might be doing something in AEW. Oh yeah, for sure. He's he was really good, uh, and he he was a risk taker for sure. He he yeah, it. it was one of the most famous <laughs> clips in wrestling history that you've seen a million times. Yeah, <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, there was a match. Uh, it was Triple uh, X versus AMW. Chris Harris is sitting on top of the cage, which by the way, kudos to Chris for taking that damn bump. Uh, but Chris Harris is sitting on top of the cage at six sides of steel. Effing uh, Elix Skipper walks the damn side of the cage and hits a Hurricane Rana. Two Chris Harris off the freaking cage wall. It's like mother of God. Be real. If you're listening to this episode of the podcast, you've seen that moment before, right? If, uh, if they would have pitched that to me, I'd have been like, <laughs> uh, no. Like, I add a couple more zeros to the end of that check, and I'll consider it. But man, uh, this is TNA in its early days, so I'm going to assume Chris Harris wasn't like well. The second ever pay per view, I believe. Yeah, I don't think we ever reviewed that, but we should get on it sometime. Oh, how the hell we haven't? Should put it on yeah. the doctor in December. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to hop on that. It but, ends in a, a zero, by the way. So you sort of get you hard. It ends in oh yeah. Oh, I think it's is it two thousand four or three? Uh, uh, two thousand four was their first pay per view ever. Yeah, okay, two thousand four. Okay, never mind. I retract that. Yeah. It's an odd number. <laughs> but we go backstage now, where Dusty Rhodes claims that this is the most exciting pay per view in the history of the wrestling business. Uh, well, I get that you got to sell your pay per view, but settle the hell down. Uh, to which I say, right. <laughs> yeah, um, like, what are you smoking, dude? But anyway, uh, Dusty pulls another name out and says that the it wasn't even illegal man... in California yet, so there's no way in hell he got in Texas. <laughs> uh, but Dusty pulls another name out and says that person will give will uh, be the third man in lethal lockdown, giving his team the uh, one man He's advantage. The third man. <laughs> uh, and that man is the outlaw. People that don't know. Add Billy Gunn, a.k.a. Kip James, Kip Sop, whatever the F you want to call him. 
Mr. Ass. Oh, there. Cute Kip. There, I think I hit them all. I will say, getting into this, it is Lethal Lockdown. This is very different from any other Lethal Lockdown we'll see. First of all, there's no roof on it. So it's kind of like the last uh, the last one we reviewed. But, yeah, th- I th- this was the first one ever, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. So Lethal Lockdown is treated like war games, but there's only three men per team. There's only one cage. And most Lethal Lockdowns from here on out had a, had a roof on it. This did not. And four on four. Right. So this was this was a bit different. But it is Team Jarrett taking on Team Nash. <laughs> Team Nash without Nash. Uh, it is a lethal lockdown. It goes about 15 and a half minutes. So as we mentioned earlier, Sean Waltman and Jeff Jarrett enter first. Like War Games, they're wearing street clothes. Waltman <laughs> jumps Jarrett on the ramp and they brawl through the crowd. After three minutes, they get <sighs> because, into the cage. Because, you know, you don't have a damn cage. It's already there for like, you know. That's what I'm looking for. Non-traditional wrestling purposes. Nope. You gotta go in the crowd first, and then the cage. Well, yeah. What's, uh, I don't know what you don't get about that, right? (laughs) But anyway, after about three minutes, they finally get into the cage. The Outlaw comes out next for Team Jarrett. DDP comes out after that for Team Nash with a Singapore cane, taking everyone out. So this was a thing. In this match, you had to bring out the weapons, kind of like the one we reviewed (laughs) a couple weeks ago. In the future... Billy Gunn, X-Pac... Nash, DDP, yeah, the new face of professional wrestling. <laughs> Gotta hit it, man. Uh, but in the future, oh, there is a the roof would have the weapons on it, so when the roof lowered, then you could get the weapons. But yeah, but this one, no, they're just bringing them out. I think Sting introduces that, if I remember correctly. Uh, the the roof. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it made it cooler and added an extra dim- dimension to it all. But, but either way, uh, finally, Monty Brown enters to fill out Team Jarrett. Monty Brown, by the way, is the only person you could say new face of anything. And he's also male. right. He was also in the New Blood in, or not New Blood? What the hell? Uh, new Breed, excuse me, in the WWBCW. Was he in Sports Entertainment Extreme? I don't think so. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. When the timer hits zero and Kevin Ash's replacement is set to enter, the three live crew theme hits and BG James runs out to the surprise of no one. <laughs> because you got Billy Gunn on one side, so you got a road dog on the other side, man. But Jarrett meets him outside of the cage. Again, they brawl, and a cameraman gets knocked down. Uh, once BG is inside the cage, BG and Outlaw hesitate to hit each other and decide not to fight. Bonnie hits a pounce on Waltman and then on BG. But DDP breaks up the pin. DDP hits a diamond cutter on Jeff Jarrett, but Outlaw breaks up that pin. Later on, Monty Brown hits a double pounce on DDP and BG James at the same time. That was pretty cool. In the end, Sean Waltman gets on Brown's shoulders, gets a victory roll, and pins Monty Brown to get the victory for Team Nash. Uncle Dave gave this a star. I gave it three and a half. I dug it. What say you? I gave it three. I really liked it. Freaking also, uh, star. Something I didn't mention, by the way, because I was watching this back because I have it on DVD. And uh, they do weird editing with the outlaw's name. Like they, they kind of like, they don't blur out the announcer saying it, but they kind of like dub their voice over, but not with a real name. <laughs> like when they call him the outlaw, they call him Orvoir. <laughs> what the hell? They say Orvoir. That's his Orvoir or something. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. On the, I watched it on their YouTube channel. You can see this entire 
event on the TNA or the excuse me Impact Wrestling YouTube channel, uh, and it's not edited on there, so it's weird that it'd be changed on their DVD. I, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, but they want yeah, to get exhibited. Right, that was a thing uh, for nobody that knows. They had to change his name after a while because uh, WWE came a call and said you can't call him the Outlaw. So yeah. Oh yeah, was, I uh, mean, wh- how would they think they would get away with that? Well, it's like the Outlaw. It's like it's not the New Age Outlaw or something like that. Like, it's I mean, right there, dude. Come on. I know, but a lot of people use that nickname, so it's like I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel with, like they could with another name, not just the Outlaw. <laughs> I feel like they could have fought well, the it. The that in uh, AEW right now, the last outlaw. I feel like they could have fought it, but they didn't want to. So they were like, all right, all right. Would we'll you want to fight McDivitt? I just feel like it's the same thing with WCW. I feel like WCW just didn't give a damn. And so they're like, fine, we'll, you know, we'll settle out of court, whatever. It's like, but if, I don't know, some of the stuff I feel like if they fought, if, if they really wanted to, they could be like, nah, go F yourself. And they could have something like that. And probably like, lost. Something like the outlaw. I don't know. I feel like there are there are sports teams with the name, the outlaws, and stuff like that. I don't know. Well, it goes back to like remember the avalanche. They had to call him the shark because it was too close to earthquake. I st- yeah, I that mean, one. I still don't no. get that. Like the butcher. Like <laughs> that's a completely different uh like like vocation. It's the, like a butcher and a barber are not the same things. I don't know. Like, study copyright laws. That one is effing stupid. I just feel like WCW was like so hesitant. They're like, okay, okay, well, we don't we don't want any trouble. Again, dude, super lawyer. Something tells me Turner had some good lawyers, but I don't know. I just feel like they were lazy. Like even Bischoff excuse said me, he's like, excuse me, did it? Well, Bischoff said they didn't fight anything. Like they just <laughs> like, and not just with WWE because they, they never didn't fought anything lose. with anybody. Well, it's not like I said. It's not even, if you think you're gonna lose, dude. Well, he said it, it wasn't even with WCW. It was just with any Turner property. If you still, if you sued for X amount of dollars, or if they thought it was going to be a, you know, if you were actually going to fight them, then they're like, ah, whatever. It's just cheaper to settle. So that's and he said everybody knew it, so they all took advantage of WCW, which makes sense looking back. The one I will give them is the boss. <laughs> He's literally wearing the boss man outfit, but it's black. Let me change it to the Guardian like, Angel because you know that's gonna, that'll get you know that's different. That one, I because he, I thought they sued him for that one too, but nope. It just uh, Bischoff said they changed it because nobody gave a damn. <laughs> like, oh yeah, because oh yeah, care about big, big Bubba. Bubba Rogers again. Everyone just went sh- and yeah, babies hit shit. the roof. <laughs> oh my God, Big Bubba's back! Thank God, WCW <laughs> is saved. Move out, Hogan. The, the difference here is he lost hundred pounds from last time he had been Big Bubba. Yeah, right. He had to buy a new suit. <laughs> But anyway, after the match, a brawl breaks out as Monty Brown jumps Sean Waltman from behind. You can see that Brown's been busted open as everyone starts fighting, and Team Jarrett takes off. BG and the Outlaw come face-to-face through the cage as the Outlaw tells BG that they're still tight, and he doesn't, wanna, and he doesn't have any interest in fighting him. They eventually would fight, but I don't know. They didn't really feud for that long, if I recall. Like, it was kind of like... They were friends. No, more or less, they used them. They used this thing to break up three live crews, but they did, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, I know uh, there is an event we covered. I don't remember which now. Uh, again, now in the archives, where Kip kind of like joined the three live crew for a minute, and then they kind of uh, split off. I want to say that might have been Slammiversary. Yeah. The Raven they, won the title. Did we do that? I thinking. Maybe? I think so. Uh, I don't remember. Or, no, it was. Uh, uh, um, 
Unbreakable. Oh yeah, there, there we go. There we go. Uh, Unbreakable 2005. Now in the uh, now in the archives. That might have been it. Yeah. Because I don't think we yeah. did anniversary with Raven in the title. No. But anyway, that does it, ladies and gents, for that part of the show. We have okay. I was like, what the hell? Did you stop watching? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Uh, we got one more match to go. Is and I and it's not because the match is forgettable. It really, I just. Oh, this I, is the best misspoke. match of the night. Yeah, right. I, and we're not we're not being sarcastic. I swear to God, we're not. <laughs> uh, we have a we have a tendency to be sarcastic a holes, but this is not one of those times. But we will take our second to last break on the other end of this. It's main event time. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Main event time here. It is AJ Styles versus Abyss in a six sides of steel match where the winner gets an NWA title shot at Hard Just Us. Now this goes almost uh, 20 minutes. That sounds kinky. Hard <laughs> Just Us. Oh yeah, and that's well. That's the name of the porn parody. <laughs> there's a. You ever hear that joke? That's like you know if, that. Well, you ever hear that joke? It's like if you can think of it, there's already been a porn parody. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. But anyway, uh, when Abyss do me a little. <laughs> God. Uh, I just Ryan's privates. <laughs> oh yeah. We did not eat my sugar nuts. We did not watch Doctor Do me a little. <laughs> 
Why does the name of sugar nut sound like a Jewish snack? I don't know, but it sounds almost like a porn act, too. Let's do some of sugar nuts. Good God. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we could both be right. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a kosher sex act. But when Abyss is entering the match, AJ front flips through the open cage door onto Abyss. I all love around that. Ringside. Yeah, I did, too. This was, a, this was a jump start. I was like, wow, okay. If they wouldn't have already done similar stuff multiple times in the night, especially in the last match, I think it would have been even better. But, you know, whatever. Uh, that's also the story of something later on in the match we'll get to. But uh, but they brawl around ringside and up through the crowd. Abyss slams the cage door into AJ's face and then punches him repeatedly to bust Get him open. <laughs> he ends up wearing a crimson mask before long. I get the show is meant to be brutal, but there's way too much blood on this show. Like, everyone in every match bled. I was like, i Make you bleed. Eat your bones and drink your piss. What the hell? That's, like, uh, that's what Cornette says and Moxie says all the time. <laughs> Good lord. All I can think... All I can think of with this is, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! Nobody. But Abyss uses his chain to choke AJ at one point. It's a day that ends in Y, so Abyss scatters thumbtacks on the mat. He also trips over his own dick and gets caught by, by Styles for a Styles Clash. I the stand tax. corrected, I forgot about this. <laughs> uh, he gets a Styles Clash into the tax, being bested by his own weapon. There you go. But Abyss kicks out at two, and for some reason, chucks the referee into the cage wall. Because, you know, fuck you, that's why. <laughs> uh, I was hey, like, what was that for, dude? You made it screw up or something? Yeah, it's like, uh, did, did he say something about your mother? Like, good God, man. It's a little of, uh... Me, right? That's right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, AJ tries climbing out of the cage. Uh, but Abyss climbs up and wraps his chain around AJ's neck. Before AJ gets out of it, Sunset Flip power bombs Abyss off the cage wall and into the tax for the pinfall win. By the way, I, Abyss- I get that you know escaping is a is a thing. It just uh-huh. seems so stupid to me because they started like outside of the cage and all that. Like now, all of a sudden, you want to get out that you were you basically started outside. I was just like, yeah, like why? Do I need to none say again? None of this made, made any sense to me. <laughs> uh, but. Abyss actually separated his shoulder in this match. There's that. That's a uh, shoot. Da- yeah. Uh, Abyss gave this four and a quarter stars. I give it three and a half. Let's see. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Who gave it four and a quarter? I'm pretty sure you just said Abyss gave it four and a quarter stars. Oh, uh, Uncle <laughs> Dave gave this. <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. I swear you just said. Okay. I might have. I, I go back <laughs> in the recording sometimes and I'm like, what the hell did I just say? Uh, yeah, I give yeah. it four as well. This is one of my all-time favorite TNA matches right here. It's really good. This must. There must have been a second time they faced off in a cage. Am I right? I want to say they were both on lethal lockdown later on, like a couple of years, maybe even next okay. year. Let me see. Well, because, well, the reason I'm asking is because I swear to God, I thought there was a match that AJ beat him in a cage, and might not have been in a cage. It might have been just a regular match. But AJ hit a springboard Pele and beat him that way. Blanking on that. So, yeah, I, I I don't know why I remember that, but. So the next year, AJ's in only the lockdown and this face Christian Cage. So it wasn't next year. No, oh, okay. I think we covered that one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like 2007. Yeah, I'd have to. Let's AJ see. and Abyss from the same team in 2007. Yeah, okay. We've done this. Will be we've done 2005, 2006, 2007, 2011, 2012, and 2013. So we've still got 08, 09, and 2010. 
So there you go. 2008. Uh, I don't think I was, won the car in 2008. Ah, okay. Uh, I know that uh, the main event of that one is uh, Joe and Angle. Oh, well, AJ's on Team Tomko. There's no abyss on this card, I don't think at all. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. I remember that one now. But anyway, after this match, to, uh, to wrap the show up here, AJ celebrates as the uneasy crowd cheers. They keep showing people in the crowd. Like, some people are clapping, and some people are like, what the hell was, like, gross? <laughs> like, they had look on their, like, looks on their face, like, what did I just watch? But, uh... That brings us to the well, end of the show. Well, you got to remember, too, uh, Eric Bischoff, a lot of people that came into this weren't even really wrestling fans. They just saw a show because they were at Universal. Which, yeah. you know, I've done at, uni- at uh, Universal Hollywood. Oh, let's just go see what this Waterworld show is. I mean, the movie sucked, but the show is fun. But even if you don't know what the hell it is, you just go into the year free show. So, yeah. Probably what this was. I, I don't know. I mean, well, with, with like Waterworld, you know what it is. I mean, well, you don't know what the show is, but you know what it's about, you know, like uh, and stuff like that. With this, I mean, they had to have said, oh, it's TNA wrestling. They kind of knew there's enough people in the crowd that were clearly fans, whatever. So it's like, uh, but you <laughs> see some like good looking women out there where it's like, did you just wander into this thinking it's like, oh, I like Hulk Hogan. Maybe this is like that. Like, I, I, I go back to that whole, do you remember that thing with all those people uh, after the NBA game was over? I guess it rolled into Dynamite. People knew who Chris uh, Jericho was, but oh my God, he's got it shaped and it's huge now and all this. And they were talking crap oh, about yeah, it. So I'm thinking there's a lot of fans that might have saw this and it's like, wow, you guys are old now. They used to see Mac and WWE back in the day. Maybe yeah. even WCW. So. They might have, yeah, with some of these people, they might have been like, oh, I remember some of these names from like, you know, 10 years ago or whatever the hell. <laughs> so, ah, or they saw pictures or something. It's like, oh, I know some well, of these Let's guys. see here. You got the New Age Outlaws. Uh, yep, some of the famous ones they might have seen. They had Ke- they had Kevin uh, Nash on the poster. Yeah. Jeff Hardy was probably a big one. Um, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash. Might be, uh, able, to throw, might be able to throw Waltman and Diamond Dallas Page in there. Jeff Jarrett. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Excuse me for that. Not a lot of I I love Raven, but I don't know how many people were like, oh look, that's Raven. You know, like whatever. <laughs> so I can't really throw him in there, but. Either way, uh, this closes the show. On the other end, other end of this break, I can't word today, we're going to get into the final ratings, tell you what's coming up next week on the podcast. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, hey, 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 it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, yeah, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Slowly, mate. Take it easy. Main event 
Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time here. Internet Movie Database gives this 8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it a 7.17 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10 for CEC+. What say you? Solid B-. minus. D minus, damn. B. Oh, B minus. I was about to say. It's like I thought you liked it better than I did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're we're not too far off there with our thoughts on the show. I thought it was fine. Uh, wasn't anything. Uh, room so for offensive. improvement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I can tell you for a fact the next year is even better. Yeah, now in the archives, go check it out. Uh, shameless plug. And I mean, they they had. They had me hooked, you know, with all the old guys and uh, multiple matches consisting of. America, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they. You I want to see something here. Hold on. I want to see something. I want to see if every match had a foreigner in it. Uh, oh, good God. Uh, let's see. It's an international object. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Well, let's see if every match had an international human in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Apollo, Bobby Roode, Shocker. Yeah. Uh, I actually mean the guy Shocker, not Shocker Bobby Group. Uh, <laughs> I guess Shocker and Raven didn't have any. Yeah, AMW Team Canada explainable. Daniels and Skipper no. Yeah, and well, the main event, no. an honorary Canadian. That's true. And the, both main events no. Okay, so it was yeah. all. Yeah, just uh, it was about fifty fifty. We're in there. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. It was it was a good show. It wasn't the best show. Two thousand five was just kind of a year of. It's acceptable. I don't know. There wasn't anything like... Uh, there were a couple of matches, I'll say, in 2005 that made me like hit the roof. Uh, one of them being that triple threat and Unbreakable that we, un- that we reviewed. Um, and the uh, Ultimate X at Final Resolution 2005. Yeah. There, there was a handful of matches this year that were pretty good, enough to keep me interested. Some of the storylines were decent. Uh, 2005 as a whole, though, like as like entire events, eh, it was okay. I would say this is their second strongest year for pay-per-view outside of 2007. Right. And we had covered every pay-per-view in 2007, now in the archives, last year. Uh, every month we reviewed a 2007 pay-per-view from TNA. Uh, we had mentioned this a few times where it's like, look, we never said all the pay-per-views were bangers. All right. We just said uh, on the whole, the year was good. So uh, it was what it was. But either way. Uh, that does it for this one, man. Uh, I had fun with this one, actually. Uh, the one we have the most fun, most fun we have with these shows, we go late. So this is going to be kind of a longer one. Um, going to cut some stuff for, for you. Uh, here <laughs> wow. But up next, what we might complain about next week on April 12th, it is a return to the land of extreme as we cover ECW barely legal from 1997. We'll probably get into legal. on that show. It barely aired. Yeah, right. Uh, and it was barely watchable. But I'm going to actually disagree with you on that. <laughs> I got to go back and watch it again. I've seen it before. I it's not that bad. From it. Yeah. I'm a hardcore uh, critic of, of ECW. I thought this was a good show. We'll have to, we'll have to check it out again. I, I honestly, like I said, I've seen it before. I don't remember much about it. So, yeah. I gotta, I've actually got it pulled up right now to watch it as soon as we stop recording. But pull it up. that. <laughs> but the week after that, is again double main event week, which by the way, if you guys didn't check it out yet, dude, last month, time's flying, dude. We just had double main event week. I know. Uh, if you guys missed what the hell's it, what's going on with life? <laughs> yeah, it's a reason by man. 
Uh, but last month, we put up our uh, bonus show, freaking bonus. It was a WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling Japan Super Show, which was, it was fun for the little, like, uh, show that was. That's why we did it. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't a banger. It had some good matches. Uh, but, yeah, go check that one out. The news is uh, <laughs> decent on there. You can check out the clips on YouTube as well from various things from the show. But double main event week coming up for April. We've got WCW Spring Stampede 1998 airing on April 19th. Uh, the two top matches on that, that time, one. You better have your taxes done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but the 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 uh, four. I'll go with the four final matches on the show. You got Psychosis versus Laparka, uh, Hollywood Hogan and Kevin Nash versus Roddy Piper and the Giant in a baseball <laughs> bat on a pole match. And uh, no. He's not there yet. Yeah. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page defending the U.S. title against Raven in a Raven's Rules match. And and Sting defends the World Heavyweight title against Randy Savage with Elizabeth in his corner. So there you go. This event got some pretty crappy ratings, I'll say. 411 Mania gave it a 4.5 out of 10. (laughs) So that's a I'm not going to write it off that, that easy, so... Yeah, I I mean, I go into this thinking every, you know, I I don't take anybody else's opinion in the sh- uh, of the show into consideration when I go into it. So, uh I like WCW from around this time. So, yeah, we got Jericho defending the Cruiserweight title against Prince Iakea, who nobody has ever given a damn about ever. But Except for Conrad Thompson. Oh god. Uh, but yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. that man like called him a dirty name or something. He needs his guts. <laughs> he was like he had go away heat with Conrad Thompson, man. <laughs> but there's that. Uh, but like I said, the bonus show is that week. For the bonus show, we've got Thunder, WCW Thunder from the four, excuse me, from the 26th of April 2000, where David hmm, Arquette, <laughs> David Arquette wins the WCW World Heavyweight Title. The big gold belt that was once held by names like Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, uh, Rick Rude, now is on David Arquette. <laughs> I think revisionist history, people re- people think that he won this title on Nitro on pay-per-view. Nope, he won it on the secondary show, folks. <laughs> yep, that's I, where this company don't was. Hold me on, don't quote me to this, but it might have been in the can as well. <laughs> Which I find yeah. even more fun. They couldn't even be live <laughs> for shock value. Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Bischoff defend this crap? I've never heard him defend it, nor have I ever heard him not I can't remember. It, so I, I can't remember if he defended this. Or I know he defended the Jay Lethal thing. Or not Jay Lethal, God, a Jay Leno thing. Completely different people. Um, he defended the Jay Leno match. This, I, I can't remember. I know like, Russo it, defends it, because he said it was uh, just to promote the movie. Yeah, like, dude, you can have him in a match, whatever, Without putting the world oh. title on him. We'll get more into it on the show, but I remember now Bishop did kind of defend it. Because his logic was, well, he, he had pinned the champion, he pinned me. Which is true. And? So, I'm just <laughs> like, saying, that's, God that's dang. what he said. Uh, anyway, we'll get into that more uh, in a I few think, weeks. And not, not, uh, not his words, but I think what it is, is it's a technicality that he became champion. And again, I'm not yeah. just saying that's... Oh, yeah, that's, it was like a... You could pin whoever the hell you wanted and still win the belt. I I, right. I get that, but so tell me that Bischoff could have won the title too. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, man. Which, again, ironically, we're like only I believe a few months away from Vince McMahon winning the title, or did that already happen in '99? 
When did he win the title? Two thousand ninety nine. It was ninety nine, wasn't it? Yeah, because he yeah, because he won it in the ninety nine. So we're from the title then. Yeah. Still, I'd rather have Vince McMahon win the win the title of his own company rather than David Arquette come in off the set of Scream and like God. But anyway, the GCW title, I believe. Well, that thing's use, uh, you know meaningless anyway. So oh, there's... you're right. It is useless. Well, that too. Meaningless is a little bit more sugarcoating, honestly. <laughs> well. We're closing out the month. We've got one more lockdown we are covering, and I'm genuinely excited to watch this one and uh, review it. On April 26th, we're closing out the month with Lockdown 2008. Uh, this one is, like I mentioned earlier, headlined by Kurt Angle and uh, Samoa Joe. Kurt dresses like uh, like he's going to fight in the UFC, and they kind of do an MMA style I think match this is when he was trying to fight in the UFC. I was contemplating it. Yeah, there was a big rumor going around at that time, and uh, it just never happened. But it, uh, yeah, it was a good event from what I remember. Excited to go back and watch it again. But yeah, that's coming up, like I said, uh, April 26th, TNA Lockdown 2008. But uh, yeah, man, that does it for today. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, this is actually a good one. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate watching this one. That's that's for damn sure. But uh, we will see you all next week. When we bring you ECW, Fairly Legal, 1997.